So today I got my production crew for Ironside's podcast. It's Eli and Gio. We sit down and handle some current events just to kind of get the conversation rolling. Then we get into what seems to be a challenge currently in the uh, firearms instruction preparedness fighting, if you will, space. Seems every day somebody's getting canceled or their page isn't being shown to non-viewers. And I see a lot of frustration building. There's a lot of conversation around it. And it got me to thinking, we may want to be approaching this thing a little bit differently. And I don't hear the conversation you're about to hear happening. So we talk planning, strategy, tactics with how to build your audience, but also more specifically about how to build out audience and build a business. Something interesting about these two guys is they did not come from the firearms industry or even specifically the coaching industry. I did not hire them as bros. I hired them as pros. These guys have helped coaches reach over 150 million million views across the shows and the channels that they work with. Now we go for a while here, hang in there. I think you'll get an interesting perspective from my guys, Eli and Gio from 8482 Media. Welcome to Iron Sights After Dark. During my 25 plus years in the fitness industry, I've always been passionate about expanding my physical, mental, and hard skills to be prepared for whatever life might throw at me. From fitness to firearms and beyond, Taking a holistic approach to being prepared has led me on a journey to seek and share both knowledge and skills from expert resources in the civilian, LEO, military, and first responder communities. The mission of this podcast is to help others expand their capabilities and knowledge of preparedness while building strength in the community that shares similar goals and values. So ultimately, we contribute together and grow together. You got a Scott's gift? Yeah, we got you something, Scott. You yeah. got what? Yeah, we got you something. You guys brought me a gift? Yeah. Why are you guys getting me gifts? It's a little fun. It's a little fun one. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, really? Scratch Have you ever away. done a scratcher? No? Dude, it's been forever. What do I do? I just start scratching all these things. Like Yeah, it might thing? it might be distracting for you, but uh no. Five million dollars, you know? Five million bucks. <sighs> I was feeling lucky. I was like, Went to the gas station just to fill up before driving over here. All right, all right. I was like, all right. Actually, Scott needs one of these. I feel like this is the day. All right. What do I do? So, so you know, I think the winning numbers are on the top. Yeah. And then um, like each one of the bottom guys is a multiple, you know? Yeah. Oh, oh, you've done this before, huh? Yeah, I've done it a few times. Any yeah. luck? No, but the Powerball supposedly is like, was that you? You were telling me about that. Yes. The Powerball is billions. It's crazy. Oh, I got it. So you you just, if you match the numbers, then you, you win the money. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Whatever that happens to be. (laughs) Yeah. It's so, so confusing. Like this is why I don't gamble (laughs) ever. Uh, I know we didn't gamble in Vegas. So I I was like, all right, you got to get, I'll lose a hundred bucks at the, uh, I'll I'll lose a hundred bucks at the blackjack table and I'll be sick for a week. Like I just, it, like what the hell? What what did I do that for? Plus, I feel like half the time I'm confused by it. No, oh, still still not winning. Oh, nothing. Still not winning. We've been uh, producing some of the the stuff for BioPro. Yes. What, what's that been like as you're kind of doing that and going through? Man, you know, I, I came into contact with with uh, the BioPro guys through sort of the industry. They were trying to do some new things. I don't know. You tell me. Let me if see I don't if want. you want. I don't, yeah, I don't keep going. I don't keep going. I've done a lot of different things with supplements over the, over the, over the days and then over my days. And then the last probably 10 years is just something like, dude, you don't need to be doing all these things. Did I win or what? 
I'm, we're halfway through and there's no luck so far, but All right. All right. everything you're saying is awesome. Uh, a couple of my buddies were kind of popping up as guys using the BioPro stuff. And I reached out to them out there in the, in the, in the industry. I'm like, dude, what's your experience been? You know, what's going on with this? And, and uh, there were three of them specifically that are usually pretty, I would say, no, we got nothing. We got nothing. <laughs> well, I appreciate the, the opportunity to win. Yeah. Next yeah. time. Like to play. I thought you guys were fucking with me. Like I even asked the guy, ticket. I'm like, hey, is this a good one? I feel like, I feel like this the... is a fake lottery ticket. So I was looking at it, you guys are fucking with me right now. You guys <laughs> didn't really give me a lottery ticket. Like it's going to say I won 5 million bucks. I'm going to be all excited. You go, ah, <laughs> that would have been a late. Just I've kidding. Seen those on Amazon. Yeah, those okay. are like, that'd be the worst gift yeah. ever. <laughs> I reached out to some friends. I said, hey, how's your experience been with this? And these guys were all sort of in the jujitsu space and the BJJ space. And, uh, you know, really in tune with their bodies probably, you know, in the 40-ish year, year, year old range. And I was seeing them sort of uh, in their other videos, like their other social media, their other photos, whatever. I'm like, yeah, it looks like, it's like this guy's working out. Like he's, you know, he's cleaned up his, clearly cleaned up his diet. He's working out a little harder. They just looked a little fresher, looked a little bit more in shape. And, and you know, and I just chalked it up as cool. They're, they're doing the jujitsu a little bit more regularly. Things are going good. So then the BioPro stuff pops up. You know, I saw one of them specifically just sort of kind of propping it up in one of his, one of his social media posts. And I reached out to him and said, so what's going on, man? What's your experience with this? And he goes, dude, it's been amazing. I've dropped like 15 pounds since I've started it. I also stopped drinking. I started a little bit more jujitsu, but part of the reason I can do the more, more jujitsu is the recovery I'm getting from this. This was like the big, the big thing for him. They're taking it before. Yeah. They're doing, so there's two formulas they, that these guys are taking. One is at night. So it's, they call it like a nighttime formula. And then there's a morning formula. It's uh, super simple. And, and, and there's, there's a, basically it's a blend of what they refer to as growth factors. And so you can find out all about this stuff. If you go to bioprotein tech, you can follow them on Instagram at bioprotein tech or bioprotein tech.com. So I've seen them. Yeah. That's the best place to go because there's a lot going into these products and you know, it's kind of it's kind of tough to kind of keep up with all this stuff, but they have some, they have some ingredients that they're using and they're blending together. And you, it's just a liquid formula. You hold it under your tongue um, at night before you go to bed for about 90 seconds. Best to do like that on an empty stomach, like just before you go to bed. Um, by the way, it has a little melatonin in it. So it helps you kind of get into a little bit of a deeper sleep. Got to Seems get you easy. on that. Yeah. So oh, if you're looking for brown a belt, that you jacked. Yeah. Well, <laughs> two things with that. And then, it, so if you get into a deeper sleep, that helps actually, actually puts you in a better position for the morning formula, which has other things and that other growth factors in terms of if, when people think of this, if you've played around in the peptide game before, you might think of it that way. Um, uh, just things, signaling things to be turned on to help you be more efficient at the things that you should be doing, like producing hormones, like uh, recovery. And just kind of balancing out the things that it takes to to perform at a high level. Anyway, like I was a very skeptical skeptical of this, but I reached out to the BioPro guys and was like, "Hey, I heard about you, um, and um, you know this is what they've been telling me." So they sent me a thirty day supply of each, and within days, I was already feeling some impacts. Now, again, I've done a lot of things. I've disclosed a lot of those things even on the podcast before. From you know, from I am on HRT. I am. I have done anabolics in the past. Uh, and it's been a long time, but in the past, but I've, I've, I've experienced things and I understand how, you know, you can very immediately feel a difference in a substance. And that was the only thing I changed in my sort of routine. Immediately I was sleeping better. And I knew that that was huge. Like right off the bat, deeper sleep, kind of some weird dreams, you know, to kind of start. That some was lucid dream. That was a thing. 
right? And then, yes, some very lucid dreams. Waking up the next day going, dude, I just slept the entire night. I didn't wake up to take a piss. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't rolling, rolling around, like kind of fidgety. Those were the, 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 the first things. And then the next thing that happened was, is the recovery from my workouts. And you don't notice that right away. Uh, that takes about a week, sometimes as many as two weeks before you kind of look back and you go, wow, like I am definitely feeling better sooner. And I'm actually feeling more drive to get back into the gym to start working out again. Um, whereas before I was like, fuck, I'm sore, you know? And like when you're sore and you're not comfortable or that aching shoulder or that aching ankle or near back thing kind of creeps up on you, it's discouraging. And it may, you know, you may lack a little bit of that motivation to get in. Right. And then the last thing that happened for me was not, not the last, cause there's just been these compounding kind of ongoing effects. But the, one of the things that really showed up is like my libido, my sex drive, went through the fucking roof. And I usually don't have an issue with that um, anyway, but this was marked. Like CeCe's looking at me like, dude, what is wrong with you? You know, kind of thing. At the same time, uh, stop taking that. Yeah, at yeah. the same time, she's like, she's not complaining. She's like, what in the hell? You know, so. As long as it didn't backfire. <laughs> no. <laughs> so she it, ordered you another case. So uh, it, like all kind of good things happening. And yeah. then, uh, you know, again, it took, took it, it only took a few days for me to start feeling like some good stuff couple weeks in, it's markedly, things are markedly different. And then, you know, within that first month, like I'm dropping body fat, not, I haven't really adjusted my workouts. I'm, I may be working out a little harder, right? Because uh, I'm recovering a little bit better. I'm not feeling as sore and those aches and pains are kind of going away. The best part about it for me in, in this, like I played in the peptide game before there's needles and syringes. Yeah. You don't have to yeah. do any of that shit. There's no needles. It's all liquid formula. It's oral. So I don't have to mess with any of that. Um, for people that have been on some other stuff, they know that there, there can be issues. Like obviously dealing with needles is an issue. Yeah. There's also dealing with doctor's appointments. You don't have to deal with those. Uh, this is all legal. doesn't take a prescription. Um, it comes, sounds pretty effective. It's been extraordinarily effective. And scrolling on my feet a lot, looking at all these memes about, you know, events that's been going on in the world. I happen to come across a couple of ads uh, with you on it. Yeah, the ads are working, are they? They got uh, to work. Yeah, targeted. You're talking about the silent ads? I'm talking about the silent ads. Yeah, I love the silent guys. It's crazy because uh, I know uh, recently I got into some altercation about a month ago and I lost my phone in the process. It's an iPhone 14, really expensive phone. Pinged it. It was in some part of the city and it was there for a couple of days in a bad part of town. The next thing you know, completely shuts off, goes black. Barely. I would say two, three days ago. It popped back up. Popped back up. And it's all the way in China. Let's go. Is that right? It's all the way in China. It made its way all the way to China and it's just pinging from a random part of the mountain. A like, mountain in yeah, China. In like some town. I zoomed in, I saw the streets, saw a couple of shops. Um, and then I just said, you know, forget this. Your phone got trafficked mm. from San Francisco, California to China. To China. Some part of Eastern China, you know, stuff like that is an industry. I, you know, it's like we weren't here very long on the on this trip, and our um, place got broken into. They broke through the glass window. It literally took them eight seconds to steal two IMACs off the, you know, from behind our front counter. They knew they were there. They they threw one of those big river rocks through the dude. The glass hadn't even stopped falling from the door before the guy was fully hooded, gloved up, whatever, and running through the door like. They hit like three or four other spots on the on the avenue that same night, but I that was the thing. Like I kept looking for those Macs to pop up somewhere, and I just gave up on them after a while. But that's what they 
that's basically what I was said. I go, you keep watching this, they're going to wind up like in Eastern Europe somewhere and they're going to, they're going to pop up somewhere. Yeah. I, the silent guys and that, that's a really good, <laughs> that's a really, really good lead into this. I'm glad you asked me about that. I love the silent guys. They're a local company. Um, and they've really been working hard. It's a small company that produces, uh, these Faraday cages for your electronic items, your personal electronic items, whether it be a laptop or your cell phone or even your key fob. And the, the thing that got me turned on to them first was actually an ad. I saw an ad from them and I thought this is a really interesting product because I understand the vulnerability that my electronic devices have, um, with enough time, resource, uh, and equipment, anything can be hacked. I mean, <laughs> I mean, going back to news stories and everything else, you got the Russians hacking our election. Are they? Aren't they? Are we, you know, are the, uh, there's all this. Let's uh, argue about it. Yeah, God, uh, I won't. Uh, I won't, but. We might. But I understand the vulnerabilities that exist there. And so I saw that and I actually bumped into Aaron, who's, yep. you know, the CEO out there actually calls himself the, the um, what's the, what's the term? Like. The chief. Yeah, he's the chief. Chief silent. Yeah, he's the chief like disconnection officer. There you go. That's, that's I think that's what he yes. calls himself. Yeah, the chief disconnection officer. I bumped into him at SHOT Show. Um, his booth was a couple booths behind um, some other buddies of mine out there. And we literally ran into one another at the show. And I looked up. Uh, I was looking down at my phone. <laughs> and I bumped into him, looked up, and I go, oh, you're the dude. And we just started talking. And then as it turns out, they're just from over the hill here in the Santa Cruz area started out with making these little, these little bags to protect people's because his, his dad started this and he, he, he saw a need like there were people were going to have to ultimately compromise their, basically like their, their privacy and their security at some point. Also their autonomy from the electronic devices. And it would, might be really cool to have a bag that would basically, you could put your electronic device in and effectively it goes silent. Nothing comes in, nothing goes out. Do these, do these bags have locks on them? No, no, no. So it's not, a, it's not a lockable bag. So mm -hmm. think about this. It's basically, it's got, it, it's made out of a material um, and they're very sleek, very good looking pieces of uh, like, I guess, like baggage, if you will. I've got a backpack, sleeves. I have a sling yeah. and the things I'm talking about are like a sleeve. So think about the typical laptop sleeve. You would put your laptop in before you threw it in your backpack got or it. your briefcase or whatever. It looks just like that. It just has a little fold over flap right? And once it's in there, it's completely enveloped in this material that makes it invisible to anything. So that's EMP, electro electromagnetic pulse, uh, NFC, uh, GPS, it, anything, nothing can, it's, it's, it's literally like it's invisible. It's walking around with your electronics with a peace of mind. Completely secure. No matter where you go. Have you seen the uh, ad of Aaron in NYC? Yes, where he's walking. So through. Yeah, good. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah, those ads are like, I think there's a little drone footage in there. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty much in New York City, like downtown square and asking people like, hey, put your phone in this bag. Now call, call your girlfriend or, right. you know, call your boyfriend. They like call him and they doesn't go through. Right. I'm like, yes. Yeah. That's like. <laughs> yeah, which is an interesting thing because people are like, they've seen these ads. So you were mentioning you've seen the ad with me in it because yeah. I, I immediately knew um, I was intrigued by this company. I got to know Aaron. Then Aaron came down for a podcast. We did a fairly lengthy podcast on, on the product, but also just around the premise of why it's important for, for people to have these things. And, it, and maybe not everybody sees the value in it, but really there were three pillars that they're working on as a company. And one is privacy. 
obviously trying to protect your own stuff. And, and I think it's high time we think about this as individuals and taking our privacy back. We've literally given it away um, by putting all of our information into these devices. I mean, think about it. Everything from your social security number to your tax ID, to your bank account information, to your passwords. nude photos, passwords, you know, your kids' photos, all of their information, um, your, 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 your wife or your husband's information is also in there too. So it's not just in a gateway into your own life, it's into their life. So um, there's that, but there's also the security piece. So now that it's in there, you don't want people having it. Like what could they do once they have access to it? Um, obviously that brings in a whole, you know, I personally had my stuff hacked and all of a sudden the next thing I know I've got my, my, my uh, credit cards are maxed out. They're shut down. Same with my bank account. Like it was a total nightmare, total nightmare I had to deal with. And the last thing is actually a health component um, and protecting yourself. I think there's two things. One, physiologically fr- or physically from the radiation and, 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 uh, and wavelengths that come off of these devices, <laughs> the microwaves, if you will, like keeping it stuck in your pocket as a dude with right next to your, your jewels it's not necessarily a good practice. We know that over time. So there's things yeah. to think about there. Um, and, and people might be go, come on, man, that's a little bit of a stretch. But there's another component. And I think the, and that's just the mental and emotional component of getting away from your fucking phone. Like just put the phone, putting the phone into a, into a bag. There's a, there's sort of a, a ritual about that. Like once it's in there, it's safe, it's secure. It's also away from me and it's, it's kind of locked up, so to speak. And I'm taking a break from my phone for the next few hours or for tonight or, you know, whatever it is, aside from protecting it from some, you know, some person that wants to hack into it. It's like going offline. It's like you go totally offline. It makes you invisible. Um, And so I've heard people go, oh, but doesn't that make you so you can't use the phone? Yes. (laughs) Makes it so I can't use the phone, which for me is a total bonus. Right. But all, but the other thing is like, when you, when you close your laptop, you know, it's never off. It's constantly working. It can, it can receive and send signals while it's in your bag or while it's sitting on your desk or while it's sitting in that coffee shop or while it's sitting in, you're sitting in the Uber or while you're on the airplane using the open Wi-Fi network. Mm-hmm. You know, all those things are, are, are potential gateways to having your stuff broken into and having your security and your privacy uh, invaded. What's interesting is the radiation part that you brought up. Um, we have a family friend. She's a lot older, but, uh, you know, I'm not, we're media guys. I don't know anything about medical or anything, but she has, she says she has radiation sickness. So that means when we go around her, we have to put our phones on airplane mode so that there's no incoming signal because when our phone goes off, she starts to get this weird headache and she starts to feel some kind of incoming connection. I don't know what that looks like, but based off her reaction, she's right. <laughs> Cause I'm sitting in the back seat or something <laughs> My phone goes off and all of a sudden she's like, whose phone's on? And it's just vibrating in my pocket. Wow. So, yeah. I know. I think there's something to that. Like, uh, <laughs> I've never heard of that in Pe- my life. People, but. if you, well, that's just it. Mm-hmm. So I think they're, you know, from the outside looking at people go, come on, man, that seems like a little bit of a stretch again, like out of sight, out of mind. If you don't know, then you don't know. And I get it. Oh, you're just, you know go ahead and put that tinfoil hat on and, and, uh, and, and think whatever you want. That's ridiculous. That's not how I want to live my life. But the, the reality of it is some people do live that life and there is, there is technology out there. It's, this is factual. There are a lot of agencies and there are a lot of individuals out there that maybe have very high risk, um, or levels of risk for security that are now contracting with, with, with silent as a company, wh- wh- whether it be 
their own personal security, the security of their team, the security of their asset, or national security in some levels. So, you know, all the way down to, uh, I know the U.S. Air Force is now, now using the product. Uh, and you think about that and all the technology that goes on there. They understand the, the, the concept of the Faraday cage and, uh, and, and how this technology works. Did you see the uh, notification we got from vidIQ past 30 million views? 30 million views. That's on YouTube. Right. TikTok is its own beast, you know. Instagram. Instagram its is its own thing. It's also weird to me still. Like it's so, it's so, it feels odd. But I also know what it took to get there. And yeah, when we start comparing and contrasting against like the, the TikTok game, people are like, dude, you're on TikTok? It's funny. Like I'll be out. I was at a wedding uh, was last weekend. Yeah, it was last weekend. I was up in Grass Valley. I think we were just talking about this. This is actually a trip too. This is like my, one of my best high school friends, his daughter. We're having drinks after or whatever. And I'm trying to connect. There's a lot of high school people there, you know, that I hadn't seen in a long time, which is also very weird for me because I really haven't kept in touch with a lot of people. And their kids are standing there. And one of them says to me, dude, you're the guy I saw on TikTok. <laughs> um, did you ask him what clip? I, th- I think I did. I don't remember what he said. Yeah. But then what that did was it's kind of started like this cascade of, you've seen this guy before. He talks about this stuff. Remember the one? Oh yeah. And this, and the one girl says, like, can we leave now? Oh, I saw the one with the dog with the headphones on or yep. yeah, no, yeah, uh, yeah. That kind of stuff. Like it pops up. And I think that's so weird to me. Like in my daughter, my my oldest, my 21-year-old will, will tell me that her friends, my shit pops up in their TikTok feed. I don't get on TikTok. I I don't. I let you guys do that for me. Uh, I think it's something we should talk about. But um, so, but when you guys send me stuff like here, this one hit another million views. You know, here's another million views on this, on this particular one. It's weird to me. And then when I, just hearing the numbers, like, oh, that seems like a lot. You know, I don't know though, but then I go to these, these events where people recognize me from, from TikTok, the, the kids do. And, uh, that, that's a little mind blowing to me. Just the reach, the magnitude at which you can reach just people in general. Um, I really have a high amount of respect for it. Um, it frustrates me to no end. It so oftentimes it irritates me to no end at, at, at the same time, but how powerful, like those platforms are in, in all of their different levels. You break it down and it's really a testing pool, you know? So you post a little soundbite and conversation. That's why this stuff works. It doesn't always have to be flashy or your podcast doesn't need to look like a Netflix show, right? Um, I mean, it's great to, to have the cameras, but what I mean is a trailer, right? Of each episode. So like there's a little testing pool of a couple hundred people. And if they watch that video, then that testing pool doubles. And then those people get shown the video. and if they watch it, then that doubles and it just keeps going, which is kind of like word of mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it's reliable, like you have a great product or service, people talk about it, more people talk about it, then it gets bigger and bigger. But this just happens on a scale, like a telephone game where there's already, you know, over 2 billion active they're, users. Yeah, already there. Yeah. So, like a ripple you know, effect. It's just a example of the type of conversations that you've had on the show and then putting that into a medium where you can test it in front of a growing audience of of people. And then some people react positively, some people react negatively, but the topics discussed are important enough and valuable enough to 
circulate and have people watch and enjoy and share. So the different types of content that we've had that do well in different spots, Mm -hmm. like, you know, we've kind of figured out like what does well in some spots and what doesn't do so well in others. And I think part of it is, is like, what do you want the theme to be on this particular channel or this particular platform versus another one? Uh, TikTok's a little bit more wide open, but it's also, you know, TikTok seems to really like the dick and fart jokes or the, you know, the little comedy pieces or their little like five second, you know, clips that are meaningless, but are somehow entertaining to somebody versus uh, Instagram, which is, I found to be people want context. They want value there. Uh, they need, uh, and they want they want something that they can give their opinion on no matter what that opinion is, you know, kind of thing versus the other, the, the other thing, the TikTok platform is, uh, is much different. You know, that people are just throwing shit out there. It's a one word response or, or, or whatever where, where people will spend time like formulating long responses or long comments within the, and some of them are just wildly, some of them are wildly insightful. Some of them are wildly like, where, what are you even talking about? And some of them are like wildly negative. And, um, I just, it's crazy that, that part, that part still blows me. Like are you spending this much time putting together like this nasty comment, like, okay, man, like you could have just not said that and be fine. I'm like, it's fine. Like if that's what you want to do, but you're literally sitting around like, this is like 10, 12, 15 lines long of just going on and on and on. Like, wow, if you spent that much time here, this must be really important to you. Uh, cool. I, I don't, you know, I choose to respond or not respond, but they move on to the next one. How many more times during the day are they doing that? So this intrigues me going back to views and, you know, where we get the, the most bang for our buck. Like you look, go over to YouTube, go back to the 30 million and how we do that and how it's been cut up and same thing, their strategy to shorts versus the shorter form content versus obviously the much longer form stuff and how people interplay there. Um, the the thing that I've seen, which is interesting on the podcast front, is now you're seeing a bunch of content where people are seemingly on a podcast. Uh, like they're not really on a podcast, they're like interviewing themselves, but they got a set of headphones on and they got the microphone in front of their face and it's like somebody has asked them a question and they're responding. So basically they're like trying to create the illusion that they're on a podcast because somehow that content seems to be interesting to the viewers going back to the testing pools. I've even seen like people running ads with the exact Joe Rogan back screen <laughs> and they got the headphones and they set up the sure mic and it's like, you're, you weren't on, yeah, <laughs> you weren't on Rogan, yeah. but they're talking, you know, like they were and they run it as an ad. So it's, it's completely like the talking head style podcast style video. I actually love it because it is so much more relatable. So it can compete side by side with all these, you know, fancy tits out or Mm -hmm. travel videos or puppy videos, because we all have thoughts in our head every single day. Mm -hmm. And the people that are kind of discussing those open dialogue, if they're debates, that's awesome. There's like controversy. That's awesome. Like all the things that people are talking about in their own head that show up in the world or they get in arguments about on a daily basis. If those are discussed in depth and long form and little snippets are taken out of it, it competes with everything else. And we've seen that, right? Yeah, which is interesting, like, because when I first started, I was like, who's going to want to listen to this shit? Like, that was like, I had some serious confidence issues there. And also just like, this is uncharted territory. I have no idea. I just have a hunch. I think people might want to hear about some of this stuff. And then as we got into it, like we had, 
big variety of people and subject matter and topics. Um, and sometimes it gets a little bit more skewed or weighted towards one than the other. Obviously, we're working inside a genre, but it was never meant to be about just one thing uh, because that's boring to me. I, it seems very... I, I like multi-dimensional stuff. So You know, Gio knows this too. It is not at all a strategy-based approach to growth. Like what you've taken is, right. I want to talk to this guy. I want right. to talk to this girl. I want to learn these things. This is what I'm interested about. You know, we could go reach out to all the YouTubers and mm -hmm. try to get them on. It's that's like, a, it's that's not, a strategy. Yeah. yeah, it's just not, you, you haven't done it like this. So it is cool to see validation, right? And the stuff that you very, think is important. Yeah, right? it's been so, very cool that way. Authentic standpoint. You're talking yeah. about what you like and what benefits you. And then you find people that relate online and then they run with it. They end up loving it. They end up sharing it. Next thing you know, you got yourself a podcast. Yeah. Uh, and it, I feel, if, again, it feels a little strange that it's, it, you know, again, 30 million views. I, again, comparing and contrasting, I've never kept score on this thing. Like I do look at analytics in terms of comparing against our, uh, ourselves and what we've been doing. That's, that is definitely a strategy and there's tactics there, but not comparing against somebody else because I do feel like in, for the most part, what we are doing is it is sort of novel, particularly in kind of the genres we played in um, on the whole. I mean, there are other people out there in the, say, fitness, firearms, fighting, preparedness space that are, that have podcasts. I'm not saying like what we're doing is totally unique. I'm not, not saying that at all. I'm just saying like I seem, when, when I look at it or when I listen to those things or I see those things or people send them to me, it seems to be very, very focused in one area. And somebody's trying to be an expert or a, an authority and they want to have the other experts and authorities on it. I think it's great. I listen to several podcasts like that. Um, but I, the ones I enjoy the most are the ones that will catch me off guard with somebody I've never heard of before uh, that's talking about some topic that I, I don't know if I'm interested in it or not, um, or I may know a lot about it or a very little bit about it, or I've heard this person has a really interesting take on it and they just get into a conversation. Uh, those are the ones that I, you know, People I talk about on the show, like I go on a walk every night. I get my steps in every night. I take the dog out. And oftentimes I'm listening to a podcast and I listen to a lot of different subject matter. It keeps it interesting for me. I don't, I don't uh, obsess about any one thing, uh, any one subject or any one topic. To me, that's boring. Um, also, um, I think it becomes a, a problem because then you start getting all this information on the same topic all the time. Um, and ultimately what you wind into is like you, you find conflict in it, like what you're hearing. And then all of a sudden somebody's right and somebody's wrong. That was never my intention in listening to like, or both hosting a podcast or, or listening to podcasts. Like I'm not listening to stuff to validate my own feelings uh, or, you know, to, to confirm you know, for confirmation bias. I'm not listening. I'm literally listening because I'm like, I want to hear this person's take. Uh, and I think intuitively people do feel that. Uh, it's just the response they have to the take that's really wild to me. Like, again, like the super negative, like nasty, you know, comment like, okay, dude, you have a different take, but like, I'm not, I'm sorry, you've, you must, I hurt your feelings. Like, uh, I somehow I personally offended or accosted you through a 15 second clip from a 60 minute or more podcast or whatever else. Like, I think it says a lot about you, a little bit less about maybe what the subject matter was. Um, like you might want to look at that a little bit and examine that. Like, why, why are you so fired up uh, about this? Funny thing about that is those people that are doing that are doing it from like 
their burner accounts. It's not even their personal. Oh, there's nothing drives me more crazy yeah. than, the, than the people ha- hiding behind a, like a meme page and then doing that. Like, I understand that some people have, you know, I, I think there's a lot of reasons for having a meme page, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> there's a lot of reasons. But what I'm seeing now, particularly in like the firearms space, is people hiding behind those so they can't be personally canceled. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, and like, okay, you're trying to protect yourself. That's great. But if all you're doing is talking shit or... No, let me put it this way. What is the point? Like, maybe that's more of the question. Like, and that's the question I ask. Like, so when I see this stuff and I get a little emotional about it, like, I'm like, God, this guy is just totally nasty. He just beating up everybody well, out you're there. You're feeling the freaking negativity that he's feeling. Yeah, exactly. Right? And so, so I'm like, so, so my thing is, is like, I literally step back and go, what am I missing here? Like, is what is, what's going on here? What is the, what is the missing piece that I'm not seeing that maybe he's seeing or she, whatever, whoever's behind this page is seeing that I could take something of value away from and kind of examine a little bit differently. And I got to be honest, I have a really tough time doing that just because it seems to always stem from this, this negativity. Uh, if you're having the best day of your life, are you going to comment some negative crap if something's no. slightly? No. No, I literally, like, it's interesting. I've seen a few, like, there's 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 a few. Um, but, you know, I've seen them and they tend to pop up about the same time. It's usually like on Friday night or it's on Saturday. And I'm like, sometimes I want to respond. Um, and other times it's just like, oh, man, like, I'm not even going to give this shit oxygen because this is dumb. But the point of this being like, Maybe you've had a few too many drinks. Maybe you want to put the drink down or put the phone down. One of the two, because this, this isn't a really good look. But again, if you can hide behind, you know, uh, you know, a burner account or, a, or, or whatever, an anonymous account, it's much easier to do that in a t- day and age where people think that they, they can and should just say whatever the fuck they want, whenever they want. It's my freedom of speech. It's my first amendment, right? Yeah. Well, the first amendment also gives you the right to shut the fuck up. That's, that's also a take. Throw that phone in a Faraday bag. Yeah. <laughs> Just go Turn back it off. It's like, yeah. <laughs> what would you say to people that like are struggling with that? Because when you start, like if you do start on YouTube, for example, if you reach a certain point, you're going to be getting a yeah. lot of those comments. And especially on early channels, because if you're saying something and you don't have a backing or you don't have people that actually tune in and find value, you know, YouTube is going to wait until people, it's the other thing as an early account. You scroll, you scroll, you scroll, you see the viral videos, you see the big channels. And if you stay on YouTube, for example, for 30, 40 minutes, well, now you're getting to some of the newer channels. Now YouTube's testing out some of the smaller channels. So you're already dealing with somebody that's been scrolling for an hour. It's a really good point. And then they hit your video. Like, are they going to be in the best mood? Probably uh, not. Especially dude. if whatever narrative that the was was being tested, was being put out there. Like, what are we talking about now for 30, 40 videos on YouTube to, you know, from these bigger accounts that are drawing all this attention. And then all of a sudden I get hit with, yeah, this thing that yeah, I'm fired up, I'm charged up from the last one. So it's hard to start, you know, but then of course, once you get bigger to the point where you're at, it's like, yeah, like there, there's, there's always people. Yeah. Can. There's always going to be that. I, I think, but, and nobody, I don't think, like, like I, I've said before, and I just said it here, it's just like, I, I don't really pay that much attention to it. Um, but at the same time, I also, there's value in, in what we're talking about, right? And that, like, how did, where is this coming from? Like, what am I missing? Like, okay, like I hurt somebody's feelings or were those people, that person's feelings hurt way before they ever got to me and, or this post or that post or whatever it is, somebody else's that's posting. And they just, they're just, this was the one they decided to vent on or do they vent on? 
multiple posts or is this like a, this is what they do. This is the whole point of their page, you know, ever just go out and talk shit or, or be a dick or, um, you know, rile, stir the pot. Right. And I get people get off on that, but you're making a really good point. It's like, is how, how does it get to this? Um, you know, maybe people are just tired of seeing certain things being favored. Um, and maybe the, the impression is that favor is like, this is how, this particular group of people feel all the time and they're just getting, they're all saying the same thing. But if you're never seeing the other side of it, because the platform that you're just, you've decided to consume this content is, isn't ever showing you the other side of it. Yes. That could give you a skewed view of what the reality is or the perception is of the opinions as they stack up against one another. Uh, and I think that's very easily missed. I, th- again, that's the going back to like, what am I missing here? Something's up. Like, why is it always seem? Why is it seemingly all like this right now? Um, and that's not something that anybody at this table or anybody that's got an account, say on Instagram or whatever, has any control over whatsoever. Even if you're saying not interested, not interested, not interested, that just means they're going to test you with something else. Mm-hmm. They're going to throw something else at you. And I see people out there right now uh, getting very, very frustrated about this. Uh, and, and I mean, just the whole concept of like. I'm being shown all this stuff all the time, or now my stuff isn't being shown at all, like as a, as a company or as a business. I mean, it seems every day the trend is right now seems to be again, because that's what we're seeing that people are getting canceled or zucked, you know, one of the two, uh, the other accounts are being hacked or accounts are being not now not shown to Mm non-followers. So you're not going to continue to get the reach that you may have had before, particularly if it has anything to do with firearms, firearms parts or firearms talk or anything like that. And people are very frustrated by this. And I think it might be leading into a little bit of that negativity. And I would say to people like, I, there, I have a couple of takes on this. One would be, well, you should have seen this coming. Like, so how upset you get about it, I think you need to examine a little bit. Like, what, why are you as upset as you are? If you think it's a violation of your First Amendment rights, well, consider it's also the prerogative of the privately held company or whatever to, you know, the corporation to make the decision. You decided to play the game. You're in the game. You might not like all the rules and the rules could be changed and you don't have any control over that. I don't think it's cool, but at the same time, it's America and they can do whatever they want. So people can, I'll probably get a lot of hate for that. I do think suppression of speech and at the, while doing that at the same time, driving another narrative on the other side and only showing that, I think that's like that that would be a violation of free speech at some level too. And I don't know at what level, but I think like what you're doing is you're manipulating things. Um, and I don't think any responsible person that really truly believes in their right to free speech or their First Amendment right um, really thinks that's that's okay. So maybe that's maybe that's the take on that. You had a term for this, right? You know what I'm talking about the doghouse. Yeah, the doghouse. Yeah, getting people in the doghouse. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people are going are, are going there right now to the extent where like they're not allowed to show anything on their stories anymore. They're not allowed to do lives. Uh, you know, uh, one of my buddies has just reached out the other day. He's like, Instagram just decided to shut down my ability to do um, uh, answer you know questions and, and do polls or things like that in the in the stories anymore. Like they're picking the things, mm-hmm. and and to me, like while that might not be a violation of their First Amendment right, in a sense that it is theoretically, because what you're doing is you're taking away my ability to have 
to have my talk while giving somebody else the ability to have theirs. And while that might not be, uh, you know, again, by definition of the law, a violation of your first amendment, right? It, it is pretty fucked up. Um, so I, I see people getting very frustrated that frustrated with that and also just being like, they're not sure what to do now. Cause how do I get my message out there? I think one of the mistakes is that they've made, we, I'm kind of now starting to run with this, but one of the mistakes they've made is like isolating themselves to that platform and just using that, not diversifying themselves in, in a different kind of way uh, so that they get their message out in different ways to different people so that I think it's very easy for like a company like the one we're talking about to cancel a person, one, cancel people one at a time. Mm-hmm. You've almost made it too easy for them. Yeah. Like, okay, now you're silenced. Now what do you do? Oh, we're just going to move to another platform. Really? What? Which one? Oh, I'm going to go to Twitter. Okay, go to Twitter. You got to start all over again. And by the way, as people are moving over there, the things are going to change there too. So, you know, keeping up with the the thing, if you keeping up with the with the algorithms, keeping up with the with the the, the process of evolution, you know, over there going back to what's being shown for the first 30 or 40 minutes before they finally get to yours cuz yours yours is the new account that doesn't have as many followers, all that stuff, like um, you're going to have to go through the whole frustration again, and that's fine until it changes too. Yep. And I mean, we've done a pretty good job at monitoring monetization policies, different mm-hmm. policies, because they're constantly updated, for example, on YouTube, mm-hmm. on Instagram. And so, yeah, there is First Amendment, right. But also you're dealing with, you know, company, company. Yeah, that has a privacy policy. So, you know, or different policies in place that constantly change, constantly. by the way. Yeah. So if they want to make it really hard for a specific industry, whether that's firearms or anything, they can at any given time. They can change the policy. So long as you're using the platform, they can go ahead and block content, shadow ban content, remove your ability to advertise from your account, remove your ability to answer questions. So it is exactly that, like being adaptable to different things, but also so many people just post on Instagram or start a Twitter because other people are doing it and they look like they're successful because they have followers. They, have they get a bunch business. of likes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the, the initial question is, is my target audience on where are they? Right. Like what, where are they? And a lot of times they're not on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so you can be much more effective going after exactly where they are. The, the benefit is though, you can reach millions of people, which you can't do door to door. Mm-hmm. You know, within the time frame that, for example, Ironsides has done on YouTube. But, you know, there's there's so many options when it comes to that. So I wouldn't get discouraged too much about Instagram. It's just time to learn another skill, mm-hmm. right? To implement into your business so that you can adapt because you're going to deal with it sooner or later. You know, whether you tap Instagram's resource and you're extremely successful on that platform, and now you need to go to YouTube or you know, whatever might happen to your account, right? It's never yeah. a one-way path. That's why you said it's no. important to diver- diversify. Yeah. You get on multiple platforms and it's it's not easy managing all these algorithms and keeping up with the policies. So, I mean, that's why you got you to gotta have a solid team behind you and make sure you have everything checked. Yeah, I think there's, there's, a, there's a few things to talk about there just in terms of, again, how it's been done. One of the things that we've been really careful about or I personally have been really careful about, I was just having a conversation the other day about a potential partnership with a company that makes a very controversial gun part. 
right? Firearms part. I'll just leave it at that. If, if, and in case you're wondering a little bit more, in California, we basically cannot have these things. No. So the thing that I'm talking about. So, and, you know, you know, my thing was, was like, look, I would, I, we have to both realize what this might mean, right? So like, what exactly would we be looking for in this partnership? How exactly would, you know, might we be utilizing or talking about your product? How do we both benefit by this? That's what partnerships are. Um, so there's a couple of things I want to talk about with regard to partnerships in this particular space. That being, I'm just going to say that I'm going to call it the firearms and training, firearms training space. Um, We're on after dark. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, it, it's very broad, but at the same time to give people context. And, you know, one of the things I came up with is like, look, you know, why are you coming to me? You know, like, why is this important for you? Well, I'm looking to reach people in a different way because, you know, the, the routes that we've been using are becoming increasingly tougher to do because they've been, quote unquote, suppressed. So, you know, I can't, I, you know, we're just looking to reach an audience in a different way and drive, drive uh, people to our product. And I go, cool. Uh, but at the same time, like, where would you, where are you going to see that? Well, if I'm talking about it on Instagram and you're getting banned, right? And you're getting shadow banned. What do you think that's going to happen to me? If you're talking about it now, you want me to talk about your product? Like, then that's, you're just handing off the problem to, to, to me and to our listeners and to our viewers. So I have to be, to be careful about that as it relates to things like YouTube. Okay. Well, we could put like a, maybe an organic ad read or something on YouTube. It's no different there. In fact, their policies are way more strict than even Instagram is, you know, with regard to, you know, what you can say, what you can show and so forth. Um, so, you know, like it, it has to make, it has to make sense. You know, how else are you reaching your people? And if you're constantly just trying to do it through that, through that one medium, um, I think that's, Obviously, as you as you mentioned, it's you guys both mentioned it's very limiting. And at at some point, this is my this is what I was saying about your your account not being shown to anybody else. You have to see this coming. This is what the reality of it is. So if you're not working on something on the back end or other ways to get your message out there, uh, promote your product, promote your company, promote promote your service or whatever else, you are you're going to be stuck, basically caught with your pants down at some point. Can you afford to do? Can you afford, afford for that to happen? Because if not, then you need to be investing some time, effort, money. And to your point, this is the example I was going to use, a new skill. Like people will be, are, have no problem throwing $800 at a new pistol op, optic when it comes up because they think it's going to improve their skill, right? Or their capability out on the range or in the game of life or so they don't get killed in the streets, you know, or whatever. The point is, is like, what else could you be doing to drive or from a, from an investment perspective to improve your skills elsewhere so that the underlying thing of you being a shooter, you promoting a product, a service or whatever else can, can be platformed in a way where you continue to drive business your way. What's more important. But again, like I think in this, in this kind of genre or in this genre, you see that a lot like, oh, I'll just buy the next thing. Like I'll buy my way on, I'll buy a sponsorship. I will give this guy, um, this, this influencer on, on, uh, on Instagram who has 50,000 followers or whatever. I'm going to give him some product. I'm going to prop him up. I'm going to send him some shirts, some holsters, whatever the hell it is. Right. And he's going to, he's going to promote my thing and I'll use his skill. Right. And I'll leverage him in order to do it for me. And then that guy on the receiving all that stuff somehow 
thinks that this is a good idea for him. And the next thing you know, he's compromised not only him, but anybody else he may be partnered with, anybody else he might be taking things from or, or, you know, collecting a paycheck from, including his customer base, um, which, you know, oftentimes might not be happy with that decision. And then if you get shut down, why am I coming to you? You're not so cool anymore. There's a lot of things that go into that. But uh, this this goes to a bigger conversation about people just being smarter about the business end of thing. And to your point, I think it's the why. Like, why am I doing this? And where are my customers? Or where is my audience? And people put all this weight into Instagram as the the answer for that. As an industry, this is where this thing lives right now, much like uh, there's a few others that do. And I think it's a dangerous prospect. You're yeah. giving them power. Yeah, I would think of trying to shift towards a management system that incorporates Instagram, right? That incorporates TikTok, that incorporates YouTube, something like go high level. Like for the coaches or people that are running firearms, like instructional programs, or I would just consider stealing some insight from what the business coaches are doing or the sales coaches who I feel like have figured out this whole coaching business model you know, more than any other industry currently. It's trickling down to like the creative space, which we're in, where videographer coaches are now kind of building out and launching their own coaching or training programs. It's trickling down to the fitness industry, you know, which which uh, nutrition coaches or people that have online programs are starting to use. From what you're saying, it sounds like Instagram is a major platform, but looking into management systems like Go High Level, where you can log in and send a message to all of your Instagram followers or anybody that's liked a post that you posted on Instagram from this software, from your computer. You don't even have to be on Instagram. Take leverage away from your following on Instagram and towards a legitimate mm-hmm. like system where you have endless leads, endless conversations um, is something worth considering. And it's blown my mind like looking into it. Because I did live on that world of, okay, Instagram, YouTube, this for the past five, six years, and I'm now transitioning into learning more about this stuff and working with people who have found more success mm-hmm. by taking that step. That approach. Taking, yeah, taking that leap. So. Based on what you see in this industry, um, what's, what would you say is the best way to captivate uh, your audience, let's say like on Instagram, if you have a firearms business or you're a training coach? Um, you know, I see a lot of videos floating around where it's just people either showing body cam footage or people mm-hmm. kind of showing like a quick reload and doing something cool. Mm-hmm. And then um, I guess you have people who who just aim to educate. So mixing all those three together or focusing on one more than the other? Uh, it's a great question. Um, and you, you, you came at it from the perspective of if I was a coach, like a firearms coach, what would I do? I think you, you, you wrapped up pretty much all of it. I think this is the thing that I think a lot of coaches miss that they think it's about the training piece. Like people will come to me for my knowledge because I can make them better at what they're doing. They're missing, uh, they're missing a lot of pieces there. Um, okay. You're a grandmaster USPSA shooter. Um, that's great. I know there's some things I can learn from you. Like, and you're going to be able to probably tell me a few things or show me a few things that I didn't know or make, help me improve on what my current level is. No doubt about it. But there are so many other things to coaching and building a business around coaching than just being a good, just because you're the best at working out if you're a personal trainer, right? Or just because you're the best at shooting because you happen to be a, 
maybe a sponsored or even a professional shooter. Somebody's paying you to shoot, which is very rare. Not very many people getting paid to shoot. Um, but they're looking at it as like you're taking like your capability or, or your hobby or both. This is, happens to be a capability that I have. I'm very good at shooting. I'm very good. I'm knowledgeable around the subject matter and maybe a different bunch of different levels. And it's somewhat of a hobby. And I'm trying to make now a living out of it. And they're doing that with, uh, with fancy shooting videos is the, is the one thing. Like I, that's where it started. It's evolved. Like it started with like fancy shooting videos. Who's the faster shooter? Who does the drill in this, this amount of time? Who, and then it, then it, um, you know, then it, it, uh, it changed over a little bit. Then you saw guys giving a little bit more information around that. Here's the fast shooting video. Here's what I'm doing. Here's why. Um, and, but, but that, that took a little bit of time because then what, what you ended up having was, is people maybe seemingly shooting fast and are doing stuff, but the stuff they're saying isn't really matching up. And now they're getting called out on it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But that doesn't really, it doesn't really work like that. Or, um, you, you really didn't, you really didn't give us that much information. You just kind of said some stuff, but it's not, it's not, there's not a lot of value to it. And then you had other people like, oh, I can bring more value to this. So they spend a little bit more time on their videos. There was a little bit more production involved, right? And then there's, uh, then there, the captions got longer. Um, so then you started seeing like, okay, here's a little bit more, more stuff. And, and, and it started to, it's starting to lead to more like now, if we're looking at, at being evolving now, it's like, well, now, everybody's sort of trying to do this. Some people doing a better job than others. And so what you're kind of seeing is like this collaboration of stuff. Like people are talking to one another. Coaches are talking to one another. They're doing IG lives together. They're, they're doing videos and comparing and contrasting one another. So they're sharing one another's stuff. Like here's Joe doing this drill. We were just talking about this the other day. So you're trying to leverage somebody else's stuff in a good way, in a positive way. But then there's the opposite of that as well. Uh, there's the, you know, if you're a coach, it's seemingly in this industry, you're not a good coach unless you can call somebody else out on their shit. You know, like if you don't have that in you, right. And you're not doing that, then you're not paying attention and you're not relevant or, and by the way, that's the shit that gets put into the feed that we're seeing the drama, right? If you're not involved in the drama, then you're not going to get the attention and maybe not the respect, or maybe you're not accepted, or maybe you're not, a uh, it, it, people don't assume you're in that circle of higher level coaches or whatever else. So I think there's a little bit of like, it started out as like entertainment. Then it turned into like infotainment. Then it turned into a little bit more infotainment with, with some education then it turned into a little bit more education. And that's kind of what you're seeing now. I think there's a lot of, when I say that word education, I think there's a lot of room for it to get really messy in there. Like a hot topic in this, in this space is like the CQB thing, right? So people are looking at it going, oh, well, if I wanted more customers and I want to reach more people, then I need more education. That's the answer. So I'm going to go take a weekend course. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to start teaching that right? After taking it for two days, right? Taking CQB instruction for two days. And then, so now I'm teaching people that, and now somehow I have this false confidence that I can go out on the internet and start teaching people through the internet how to do it. And then that turns into that whole cycle, that shit show again. of like, whoa, like, dude, you have no business talking about that because you don't know, like, and you don't know what you don't know. And you're taking what very little information you have, and you're putting it out there. So I think that's a mistake, but the good ones know how to do that well. So they're, they're chopping up their content and they're, and none of the original like entertainment stuff ever went away. People just started doing a little bit less of it and it evolved. And I think where it's evolving to now, what we're seeing, and I hope it still, I hope it continues to go there is a little bit more of this information and education being, um, centered around like data driven type 
uh, information. Now, data is important. Uh, it is. It's not everything, though. And so people right now are like, there's some people that are doing a good job at this, but other people are struggling. They're trying to present data, but they also are not also well-versed at talking about the gray area um, around that data. And that it's very, you know, these are individual bases. We can't apply this to every situation. So how do we take the good from this, apply it to that? This is what I think the the coaching um, of like firearms instruction is evolved, is has evolved to from a social media perspective. I believe there were people doing all of that very good before there's learning how to maybe put it out there um, in a way that people are enjoying listening to, watching, liking, sharing, you know, reposting and stuff like that. I've done this a million times. People are probably bored of me, bored of me saying this, but I compare it to the fitness industry and how the fitness industry evolved in providing information um, through channels like what we're talking about and the different ways they do that. The most successful ones out there use all the platforms, all the different ways they are automating a lot of things in terms of messaging or, 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 or figuring out who the tribes are that listen to specific information and how they take it in and talking to them specifically in these different ways. I guess in, in the end, like they're, they're figuring out that like, I have to be having a conversation I can't just be filming a video. There has to be this ongoing dialogue or conversation. And I think what that really boils down to in the end, and people in this space might think it's a little corny, is you got to have a connection with people. Like there has to be, if you're going to be a coach and you're going to be, and and you're going to be successful long-term, you have to have a connection with your audience, your student, your, your, whoever that is. And as a, as a, as a student or as a participant, I want to have a connection to the coach at some level, right? Like I, like, do I like this guy or not like that guy? That's a place to start. Like, is this guy coming from a similar background to me? Is he not? Like, is he speaking my language? Do I like his tone? Do I like the clothes he wears? Does he shoot the right guns? Does he, you know, like, is he a Glock guy or a SIG guy? You know, like that's how people make those initial decisions. But in the end, like from a purchase decision and a long-term purchase or, you know, business relationship decision, they have to feel a connection to it. I think it, otherwise it's, 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 um, it's set up on, on a sort of a weak or, or unsolid foundation. And I don't think, I think there's a, there's several people out there that have figured this out and there, there's some that aren't like, and I'll give you an example, uh, Mark, uh, from JBS training solutions. Mark has a connection to his students, like, and to his, to his people. Mark, Mark has a very specific way about him and he is totally fine if you're not into that. But he he wants to have a connection to his students. Like he feels he feels compelled to do this. Um, you can see this through that through the episode. You can see it on the episode. You can see it in his in his post in the in the post that he does do. Um, and at the same time, Mark does not care if you're not into him. He wants you to like him. But if you don't, he also doesn't lose any sleep over that. Yeah. And he's not out there banging. You know. Or, or beating other people down for not liking him or saying something different. He doesn't waste any oxygen over there. He is simply trying to maintain the connection to the people that he has and build new relationships in that same kind of way. Um, and again, I, there's probably a lot of people out there going, this is sounds so ridiculous. Like, you know, people just want to wear a kit and shoot fast. Well, if that's what you think, then keep doing that. But I guarantee there's other people out there being very successful. Mark's selling out every, every fucking class, every class. You know, and, and it's a similar group of people. It's a similar community. He's building a tribe, you know, and they, they feel part of something because they feel a connection to him. So I think that is the key to being a good, you know, you can, we can, we can boil it down to being a firearms instructor, but 
Yeah, I think it's much bigger than that. You know, in the end, if you want to be successful long term, long term, if you're like in law enforcement or you're in the military and you're an instructor, who gives a fuck if you have a connection to your students or not? Mm-hmm. They're here for six weeks and then they're fucking gone. And I get the next six weeks of people or then for the next six weeks, I have a new group of people. I, I don't care. Like you have, I have to get you to this level of proficiency. Like you don't have to like me. I don't have to like you. These are the tests you need to pass. These are the standards, whatever. I have to teach you this curriculum. We move on. And I think that's where a lot of these coaches came from. So they actually haven't seen what coaching looks like. They've seen what instruction looks like. And then when they move over and like to the social media world, what they see is like, they see an instructor doing things and saying things similarly to kind of what they've heard, you know, or saw in their, their process of instruction, whenever they got it. And they're trying to use, they're trying to use that as a business model. I think it's a poor one. I think it's a very poor business model. No, they don't have cameras in front of them when they're on base and they're teaching these guys who are only there for boot camp, and then they're gone or whatever. Yeah. Whatever that block of instruction is. However, I have talked to, I have had people on the show and I've talked to people outside that have been instructors instructors, right? Because that's what you are in the, in the military, right? I think what, maybe you're in a unit. I don't know, not there, not never been there. I have no idea, but I think there's, for anybody that's been there, they, they know the difference or they could recognize the difference. Maybe I explained it this way. You went to a school to learn a specific uh, skill set or whatever it happens to be. Let's call it shooting, right? Or, like it's marksmanship one-on-one. You're, you're, you're doing pistol or you're doing rifle. You had an instructor there. Maybe you liked them, maybe you didn't. Um, but then when you got out of there and you moved on to wherever it was, you got into your unit, you, you got deployed, wherever you happen to be in the world in your particular thing, there was somebody there that put their arm around you to help you figure out the little things along the way, like to help you maybe be a little bit better at that shooting, but also other things. Um, that's the difference between like coaching. That would be like a coach. That would be like a mentor. That would be like, uh, you know, somebody that you can, you feel a connection to like this person is generally doing this to help me out. But also maybe there's some selfishness to it. Like I'm teaching yeah. you this shit because I'm trying to save your life and mine because we have to go out there and do this or whatever. That's an extreme example. But there's a, there's a big difference there and they're not remembering maybe those things and th- those, those things that happened to them after they got instructed. And so they're leaving that part out and they think they need to, you know, be the big dick all the time or, you know, do flashy things or get people's attention or, or whatever else. And I think that's a big mistake. And it's obviously right now what we know, and this probably like if you're on the Instagram platform, you keep doing that. Nobody else is going to see you outside of the people that are already following. Right. Yeah, I, think, I think the biggest impact on social media, if you are a coach or if you have a business similar to teaching people is uh hidden, hidden close to home. So Eli and I were jujitsu guys. Our feed is a lot of jujitsu videos. Um, you see a sick ass video, some dude throwing up a flying arm bar, transitioning into omoplata, eventually ending up on the back somehow, choking guy out. It's cool, it's flashy, but then it's just something you look at, you scroll, maybe like, and you keep going. As opposed to actually uh, retaining a lot of like information or a lot of uh like something you can actually relate to or apply in real life situation. Mm-hmm. If I see a video and it's a guy telling me, you know what, you're walking home with your lady. Um, this guy comes out of you at, uh, at, at you from another angle. What are you going to do? Right. Then you prepare yourself and you follow the step-by-step instruction this guy provides to you. Now I'm learning something and I'm actually thinking about, okay, I got a date next weekend. We're going to eventually get home. Mm-hmm. This is something that I think I need to know now so that I can prepare myself for the future. 
then I go and I click on his page. I look at his stuff. And then now he has a potential customer. It's part of a larger conversation. What you're putting out is part of a larger dialogue, right? And that is like, hey, I'm showing you a little bit of it here. Here's how this is relatable, right? And here's where you can find out more information. And here's how this is available. And when you get there, the next part is like, what do you get? Like what's free and what's paid for? So like when you go to, go to, this, go to his, his website, mm-hmm. right? You click on the link in the bio, right? Yeah. What do you see? Well, there's, there's going to be a product. There's a guide. There's a video series. There's something. And people want to see a little bit more. Like, oh, I think this is kind of relatable. I like what this guy has to say. How else do I get more? Okay, when I get there, what's free and what costs money? Right. That is a big problem in, in, in this space in terms of what's free and what costs money. Because in a sense, the industry's done that to themselves, right? Because of, again, I don't think there's been a lot of strategy to becoming a really good coach and having actually having a coaching business. And a lot of the information that's being put out there, well, most of the information that's being put out there, unless you go to a class, the, the viewers and the consumers think it should be free. Oh, you're like, you're talking about this stuff all the time. So why should, why would I pay to come to a class to do it? And then how dare you charge $500 for, for six hours of, in, of instruction when I can just get on your IG lives and basically get the same stuff. They, the coaches haven't done a good job of separate. Again, there, there's been no strategy to mm-hmm. why am I having this conversation right now? Where does it lead the audience to? Um, knowing that I can't give them all the information here, but I could give them a little bit more here. And then ultimately, if they want more, there has to be something that they pay for because that's how I'm going to make a living. Um, so there, there's been very little of that strategy um, of what you just said. Balance of being it, a good coach and having kind of that selfish, you know, that need to actually sell something. Yeah. I mean, like if you're trying to make a living out of this, you have mm-hmm. to be smart about it. And it can't just be, you can't just be randomly throwing stuff out there thinking that that's going to give you, it's going to, it's going to mean revenue in the end. There has to be like a pathway to get people there. And I think it's like some of them have gotten somewhere down the path and, you know, they just, don't know about the rest of it. Uh, some and some people have done a really good job with their social media, and some people all they do is teach classes. And but they're they're that well known and they're that popular and they've established themselves, you know, uh, long enough to where that just works for them. Um, and other people are looking at the newer newcomers, looking at they go, oh well, if he did it, then I can do it. But that's they're missing. Like, well, they were been doing this for ten, yeah, it took them ten it? years to get here. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Kind of the collective stage of what people's messaging is in the industry on social media is like, is it talking to the average citizen? Is it talking to the Mm. consumer that's been in the industry for three years, but isn't, you know, military or doesn't have a lot of experience and can still learn from Mm. a lot of people? Like, because I feel like the parallel that I have the most experience with being the fitness industry is the industries continue to grow because the voice, the collective voice has shifted more and more towards the general population. And an example of that would be instead of saying amino acids break down into blah, 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 mm-hmm. and using all these words that people don't even know, you know, what this type of firearm is or even maybe what a reload is, right? Yeah. But it's shifted towards these five foods will help you lose fat. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what that is, even mm-hmm. if they don't know about nutrition or what macronutrients means. And so the collective voice of fitness has shifted towards, mm-hmm. you know, the average population where from what I see, not only the, the voice, but also the offers, the offers, what are the course names? Some examples of them 
don't even make sense to somebody that doesn't know mm -hmm. what it is. It's speaking to an advanced demographic. And so the mistake that I've seen in hundreds of trainers and coaches that I've worked with is they are speaking and using terminology that only other coaches are going to understand. And so what it becomes is a battle of, well, I've been a personal trainer for 10 years. Every time. And I've been a personal trainer for 12 years and you don't know what you're talking about, but, oh, I'm NASM certified. And, oh, I, you know, worked with this institute. Every time. So that's my experience from the trainer industry. And it happens in all different industries. You could probably speak to it better with respect to the firearms industry, but like, where do you think the collective voice is at? And is that matched with the desired outcome of growing your business to be more relatable to the average civilian, right? To, to get more of that demographic on board with everything that's being discussed and talked about. I, that's a great question. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of things to this. First off, you know, I think you have to, like the question would be is like, what is the goal? Like, what is your goal in the messaging that you're putting out there? Uh, is it to be popular and famous? Because that's a much different strategy than building a business, right? It, there's, we're not talking about the same thing. Like, if you think it's the same thing, I'm t I'm, you're wrong. Like, building a business and becoming famous are two different things. So you have to, like, what is your goal? Like, who are you trying to reach? But you, and you're, but you're, make, you're also making a very good point about, like, you see it as it turns into a very, like, advanced level conversation or message for a what ends up being a very small part of the population. Now, there's a couple of things going on with that population. I think one, there are a lot of people that are trying to fit themselves into the more advanced population when, you know, group when they're not, right? So if you have your top 10% and then, you know, then there's like 20% below that, that leaves you 70% left over. I think most people think they're, they're in the top 20% or they're in that, that 20%. And the people that there are people in that 20% that believe they're in the 10% that that just aren't and vice versa as people think they're a 10%, they're only in the 20% or, but my, my point is there, there's a struggle like back and forth with like, where do I fit in? And, it, and, and a lot of the conversations get very circular. We have the same conversation, seems to be like a lot of the very same conversations happening over and over again. And no, the answer is we're not talking to the general, you know, the, the general user right. out there. Right. Um, and I, I can tell you the reason why it's the same reason. There's two reasons. One, very much like fitness, like, um, but it goes back to what you're saying. They don't understand. They don't have a business. They don't have a business model that makes sense. So they don't understand how talking to that person helps them. Right now that might not be fair. I think the model might be like, I only want the people in that 20%. Okay. Well, that just limited your your effective reach and your and your effective revenue because I believe talking about percentages, there is a very small percentage of that entire group, that entire hundred percent that actually purchase training. They're actually going to go to classes, and now you are basically sharing. I was I had this discussion with uh, Mike uh, Olavella from Precor. Everybody's sharing that very small percentage. So of that hundred percent, the ten, the twenty, and the seventy, all all added together. There may be like 15% of the users that are actually purchasing training. Right. So now we're all now we're all competing for the same, the same people. And they're just kind of shifting around on the map and going to who they just they want to go to. And somewhere along the line, like there's this division, there's this division that's starting to be created. Like, well, don't go to that guy because he sucks. Interesting. Right. So that like now not only have you uh you've um sorry, reduced 
or you're working with a reduced market segment that you're actually can market to. Now you're trying to divide it up like this pie into all these smaller pieces, right? And what do I do? I teach CQB. So, okay. So of that 15% of the whole group, right? How many, what percentage of those people actually want to know CQB, right? That's going to be a smaller group, right? And now you've got a hundred people out there that are talking CQB and those, that's very small group has to make that, make that choice. So I think you see where that's where I was, where I'm kind of going with that is that there's a, there's a smaller, like if, if you if the, if the actual percentage of people that you're trying to get to spend money with you is, is that large? And I could be way off with the 15%, but I don't think we're too far off there. I think it's a pretty small percentage of people that actually will pay for training. And you're, you're trying to make your living off of that with all the fish in the sea with regard to instructors, training companies, all that. Uh, I think your days are limited. You're on the clock. Yeah. You are definitely on the clock. Uh, you need to be remarkable at a lot of things. So going back to diversifying yourself, reaching all the different people in that 15% in different ways is very important because people hear things, they take information in, in different ways. Like you mentioned, not all of them are going to be on Instagram, right? Some of them might be somewhere else. So you've got to figure out a way to talk to them. Yeah. And it's like important just to understand basic general stages of marketing awareness too. Like unaware, aware, problem aware, then product or service aware, brand aware. And if you're just speaking to people who are product or service aware, you're losing, you know, the people that are problem aware. They're like thinking about, man, I wish I could learn how to, you know, defend myself in my home. You know, it's a weird layout, like I have a firearm, but they might not even know what the word CQB means. Yeah. So it's going a stage back and then being like, all right, what kinds of videos or what kind of content can I do to take people in stage three and move them to stage four? and you know, you might not want to go all the way to unaware. Like, did you know that you might, you know, but it's still understanding that, knowing who you're talking to, how to most effectively talk to them and then bring them. I think there's a way to do that, man, in terms of going back to the unaware. I'm going to come back to that in a second. I think there's, I think there's actually a really good way. I'm actually using that strategy right now. I'll give you an example. Uh, But going back to the unaware, aware, and then you, then you also have to break it down into like, so if you're unaware, you're you're not current, you haven't currently adopted whatever it is that you're, you're trying to sell them. And we'll use the CQB as an example. Like you're not adopting any kind of training to, to, from a CQB perspective. Then there's the people, something new kind of comes out or people becoming aware of stuff. Then there's early adopters. Oh, I'm jumping right into that. Right. Like it's like with tech technology, there's all, this is, this is the game, right? It's like, get the people in with their early adoption process and get them going because then they're going to be way out well ahead of the game. And part of the also part of the product development piece as the adopters start to kind of come in and start to, Oh, this is cool. I'm watching all these early adopters do this stuff and they're doing cool shit. And I want some of that. And I want to try that and I'm going to experiment. I'm going to have that. And then as you get, and then as that's happening, there's people on the fringes and it's a it's a smaller percentage of people, but it's also the, the largest percentage of the market segment, which are the late adopters, millions, millions of people out there that haven't even like maybe even heard of this yet. They're just seeing people having a good time and being, and it's cool, you know, or it's whatever, uh, hasn't really fit in. And at some point it's almost like, well, if you don't know this, then you, you're just way behind the times. I mean, think about your parents and my parents and cell phones or my parents and, and, and computers or whatever. Like it's having a conversation with my parent, my mom about her MacBook is, I, it takes a lot of patience. I was like, wait, I, I have to take it all the way back to like, she really doesn't know yeah. how to do this. Set right? it up a channel. 
Yeah, yeah. So, Good luck. It, so going back, so in terms of the strategy, like how would you talk to, um, particularly, and I'm using the strategy in fitness right now, and I'm with uh, uh, with Stephen in our Feel You program, our group Feel You program. Um, but the, before I give you that, tell you exactly what I'm saying, it's in this in this genre, like there's a lot of fucking ego. And people are like, oh, you can't have any. You're going to have it and you're going to run into it. You need to know how to manage your own as well as be aware of how to manage others. That said, like going to somebody, going all the way back and saying, so this is what CQB is. And oh, we're using that as an example. It's a horrible example. I don't know. This one's the one that always gets brought up and now I'm contributing to, to it. So yeah. I apologize to the audience's it just came up, but you go all the way back and go, this is what CQB is. This is what it, where it would be used. This is, you know, why it's maybe important or not important to know. This is how it might apply to you and go super basic. Um, at this point, you have to talk to, I think the middle group and pull in the people that are at the, at that bottom end that really don't know, but they, they're afraid to say that they don't know mm-hmm. because they watch out, they watch and they're seeing what's happening in the space with people that say something about it. When all these other people seemingly know more, they just attack that person. It's a fucking feeding frenzy. So I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want to be attacked. I don't want to look stupid. It's like going into the gym for the first time. Like yeah. I, I need to learn how to work out first before I go get a personal trainer. Cause I don't want to look stupid and I don't want to be attacked and I don't want to be made fun of. It's the fucking dumbest premise ever. But at the same time, I get it. Like there's an emotional response to that, but going back to say, Hey, this is how you might approach the CQB thing. Again, I'll just parallel over. Like, so I'm, we're approaching this with like on the nutrition side of things, like not telling, not trying to tell people, Hey, this is what nutrition coaching looks like. These are the things you need to be aware of because by and large at this point, everybody's already heard it at least 10 times, right? They've already heard about it at least 10 times. You mean the general public? The general public is, is aware now. As are, right? They're aware they've heard it, but they're still struggling. They're still confused. They, some of them have a little bit more like a higher level of awareness, but maybe they lack self-confidence or maybe they're still confused. There's this whole conversation going on in their head. How do you get that conversation started without insulting anybody in that bigger group for them to go, oh, look at this bozo. He's fucking trying to give the definite, yeah, come on. Everybody knows this already and they're getting attacked publicly, right? It's like, maybe you approach it like this and this is what it, I'll see how it works. I don't know. People are going to start seeing some video and stuff coming out, but it's like, hey, you. chances are you probably already know a lot about your nutrition. You know it's important. You know there's basic things that you need to be practicing. The challenge is that you're not doing it or you're missing some pieces, right? Or that you might need to completely get your wrap your arms back around this because you know how to do it one way and it's not working anymore. Or you just need to clean it up a little bit because you were doing something or you've tried something and you want to take it to the next level. You're effectively saying to the person that's at the bottom of that, that learning curve going, oh, yeah, I kind of know some things and I can enter, I can get into this entry point without feeling stupid because they're acknowledging that, yes, I know some things. And the coach, the coach that's been doing this forever is also, should also be looking at that going, that's kind of smart, you know? And I think there, there, that is like, I'm not insulting anybody. I'm not taking it all the way back to basics, but I am saying that the basics are important and that a lot of people have a misunderstanding of what those basics in, in this, in the firearm space, it's fundamentals, Right. It's that's, that's, that's the term we use. They understand the fundamentals that are important, but they have a, there, there's a big disconnect between the app with the, within the application of those fundamentals. So you can go back and you can say like, Hey, here's what this is. And this is where it's important, or this is what it isn't. And if you're, 
And we talk about fundamentals all the time. You probably heard that a million times, but here's why it's important in this case. And this is what we should be focusing on here. Here's where to go to get some more information on that. Not try to teach them in the Instagram post or, you know, maybe you're directing them to some other platform, you know, or, or whatever else it is. But my point is, is like, there's this nurturing process of talking to the entire group, right? And doing it in a way where you said, like with the fitness industry, it's like, it's coaches talking to other coaches and where that gets really messy. I think when you're telling, when you're giving a, whenever you're having a conversation where you're directly trying to talk to other coaches, you should also be mindful that all those other people are listening. Right. If to that conversation, I mean, that's the whole point of social media to be having a public conversation. And the same is when you're talking to those people that are like beginners, newbies, novices, when you're talking to them, I believe you should be doing it in a way or thinking about it in the mindset that other coaches will see you doing that and respect, like I get what he's doing there. Now that doesn't mean everybody's going to love it. Right. And you're, you're, you're immune to, you know, some troll coming over the top and telling you what a dumbass you are or whatever else. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is if you look at that like that and you look at it that way, like when somebody walks into your conversation, no matter where they are in the spectrum that you explained, they're, they're looking at it going, Hmm, I see where I can get some value from this. Right. Or I see where he's trying to provide value in this. Maybe I don't get value because I know this stuff or this is old news to me, but I see how and why he's trying to provide that value and that I respect. I think firearms coaching space could use a lot more of that right now. And it's just not too busy eating their own, too busy eating their own or trying to be all things all the time rather than having these conversations to pull in all the people into a conversation and finding out where that conversation should go. Like they're making a lot of assumptions, maybe based on what they're seeing other people doing on social media. And they're trying to have that conversation or trying to do a flashier video or a more sensational caption or a more controversial statement. Um, and I think it's a mistake. I think it should be, hey, when I test these, when we put these videos out, we're testing. Like just like just like YouTube is or TikTok is, we're testing like, what do people want to hear? Okay, well, right now they're telling us they want to hear a little bit more of that. So we're going to talk about this and we're going to put it out in these ways. And each one of those is a test, right? And then continue the dialogue or the conversation that way. But you were asking me like, what are, you, what's, what are the missing pieces? I think that's a major missing piece. And I think it's a misunderstanding of the larger population because what you were saying, Eli, is, is that people aren't, we're not having this conversation with the, the larger population. The larger population is the person that is nowhere they've adopted. Yeah, the unaware, aware, or, you know, Somewhere maybe problem aware. Like, man, I got a gun pulled on me uh, in an ugly fight. I was not ready for it at all. I'm glad it went okay. I know I need to do something. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm problem aware now. My neighbor's house just got broken into. Yeah, you know, exactly. And they were held at gunpoint. Yep. And, you know, terrible things happen, terrible things, you know, from a trauma perspective or whatever else. I don't want to be that person. Um, I've never been into guns before, or maybe I have one and I have no idea where to start with this, but now I know this is, this is a potential problem solver for me, maybe, but I don't know. How are we talking to that person? Yeah. And understanding, is that the actual customer of your business? 100%. Is that the customer? Is it one step below, you know, somebody that's aware, like, yeah, I know I need to, you know, do training eventually, but nothing ever bad has happened. So, you know, yada, yada. Is it that the customer or is it, it's probably, you know, a lot of people are 
product or service aware. That's where the, I see the, the conversations in the community, at least that I've been exposed to the small aspect of it. Those are the dialogues that I see happening. Um, you know, and then it's just a matter of you're going to tap out that resource eventually, or there's going to be new people moving in mm-hmm. thanks to the podcast, the conversations, the different forms of other people putting out content, speaking to those, you know, audiences yeah. like yourself. Like you do an amazing job of that. You did that for me, like going from unaware to aware, to product or service aware. And now I'm solution aware. I just right. need the time to go train. Right. <laughs> you know? right. So. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an interesting perspective from the outside looking in. Uh, obviously, like it's like about gun guys versus non-gun guys and, and things like that. I mean, you guys are coming at it from a completely outside perspective. This is, you're yeah. coming, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't partner up with you guys because you were gun guys. And I think that's a larger part of the conversation is there are way too many, and I'll, just, I'll, I'll, pr- I'll put it out there as this, there are way too many bro conversations and not enough pro conversations in the space. And I think that, that, that comes down to like, hey, let's work together on this thing. Okay, what exactly does that mean? Let's collaborate. Right? What's the purpose? What's the intention? What's the overarching goal? What are our strategies? What are our taxes for, tactics for doing that? And ultimately, how does this, how does this play into our business, right? Um, there's a lot less of that developed conversation happening. And it also, it also stretches across like people taking products from other people and being an affiliate or being a sponsor for them or whatever else. Like there are no right and left parameters on any of this stuff. There's nothing that's organized. It turns into like this, this handshake deal, you know, where things are said, things are implied, things are assumed. Allegedly this happened. Allegedly this happened. People wind up on the other end, not getting what they want or they need which whatever that was, because it wasn't ever clearly defined. And what ends up happening is like a shit talking session about that person on somebody else's podcast or on their Instagram feed or, or whatever else. Um, I think it's happening between big companies and, and consumers slash influencers. I think it's happening company to company. Um, particularly like people that are coming up with like one-off products. I mean, I've seen some shit happen in the light industry, like the, 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 the weapon mount of light industry was like, wow, this got wild really fast. Like maybe some things could have got cleared up here early on. We could have avoided a lot of this stuff. And what ends up happening is they have to backpedal, but not till after the damage has been done. Uh, that as an example, um, and you know, again, taking products from somebody and then, and then, uh, you know, ex- them expecting you to do certain things for them that was, weren't clearly outlined. And then you're going to wait, hold on. Like I should be getting paid for this too. And like, no, that's not what we talked about. You get this. And, Again, bro versus pro conversations. I think a lot of people lack their, maybe it's because a lot of this is a side gig for people. They have another job, right? And so, but they take this really seriously, just not seriously enough to make it a true, like a a legit business. It's just like right on the fringes of, oh, I got my LLC. I got my NRA, you know, post cert or whatever. I got my insurance. That's like a fucking trainer that walks into the door. I got my my weekend certification. I'm good at working out. You know, I'm good at nutrition, you know, whatever the fuck that means. And um, I don't really want to work. I don't want to really do all the things to be a full-time trainer. I need, I want you to bring people to me. I expect the Instagram platform to be just an open source platform to build my business from. And they'd be fucking surprised when it doesn't work out like that for them. I, again, I think there's, that's just like, we're not handling this from a, from a mature business. Now that's not to say everybody's doing that. There are a lot of dudes out there, a lot of 
people, a lot of business out there done an extraordinarily good job with this. But I think there's way more people that are just playing business. And then as a result, having these like conversations that they think is a business deal and they're like some fucking, you know, entrepreneur that's going to turn the world on fire because they're getting a bunch of likes and follows and somebody's sending them some product. And the next thing you know, it, what, what you've done is made yourself look bad, the product look bad. And then you're getting people like they're questioning your integrity or they're questioning your, your ability and it turns into something else. And then the worst thing happens is that they do something else to get some attention. Yeah. They make a post, they say some shit, they take money from somebody, they take a product from somebody, and then you're never going to live that down. Uh, there's not enough toothpaste in the world to wash that taste out of your mouth once that's happened. It's like you know they self-destruct. I mean? They self-destruct. And then it's this constant, like, I've seen people try to hold on to it, like, and they're just going down. They're going down in flames, and they're trying to take other people down with them. And it just, to me, that's just so off-putting. It's like, dude, you made your fucking bed, now sleep in it. It would be a lot easier if you just pull out of this little nosedive that you're in. Admit what you did was probably not a good idea. Say the reasons why and re- hit the reset button. Yeah. yeah. The longer you wait to take accountability for the reason you are where you are. and The worse it gets. The worse it gets. I mean, it's just constantly trying to bring yourself back, get better. Like, I've been doing my own thing, you know, on an entrepreneurial path for, this will be my seventh year in business. And it's just a constant you know, it's constantly trying to take more ownership of why you're not where you want to be yet. And that's one of the greatest things that I've been able to do, I think, is just like always ask, okay, this happened. This is bad. Why? Because I'm probably addicted to chaos. You know, like I always try to do this or do that. Like it's all my fault. And then, you know, the, the longer I don't tell myself that, when I'm facing a problem, <laughs> the further and closer I get towards... The tailspin. Yeah. Like mm. watch it. So you get really good at pivoting. Yeah. Building that, uh, that armor. Yeah. You're yeah. okay with when, it. When, like it's okay to fan. pivot. Yeah. And you might need to, but also I, there's, I think it's a double-edged sword, you know, like going back to armor, like pivoting is good. You, you need to do that. Like, especially when you recognize, Oh, that I'm not on the right path right now, or this is going the wrong way. But I think also, also people want to do that before they've really put in the work understanding if the idea they haven't really executed very well um communicated very well again going back to like the bro versus the pro conversation like there are so many things you could have done differently there it can i clean those up before i completely change direction because again when you completely change direct changing direction is not bad especially if you're being transparent about it like people when you, when you say hey i was doing this i changed my mind about this because and here's what we're doing now this is how it benefits you as my consumer or as my audience or whatever this is what i believe right? This is what I think is going to happen. Um, this is, this is what we're working really hard to do. Um, and you know, we're going to give it our, our best shot and we're not, we're fallible. Like things are going to happen along the way or whatever, but then as you're, as you're making that pivot, but I, I think people pivot cause they're just like, they're, they're in the chaos. They don't know which way to go sometimes. And they're just grasping at straws. And that's what I was referring to with like saying things that don't need to be said or um, posting, you know, inflammatory posts or, uh, you know, thirsty posts, if you will, or, you know, latching onto a company or thinking that, you know, me being involved with this other person, this other company, this other product somehow changes that situation for me. It is the fucking same. I've used this, ex- this example, like with, with on the fitness side, like, the husband that just has not taken his health or fitness seriously for a very fucking long time, right? And he's finally said, like, he's 
gone into a little bit of a tailspin, drinks a little too much, a little bit lazier, uh, you know, isn't as active with the kids, has stopped doing things, right? And, you know, now has gone to the doctor and his health's at risk, right? It got it got that bad, right? Now you're in this, there's tailspin. And then he comes out the other side where the wife's going like, man, I'm really scared for you. You know, honey, like this is, this is we got to get you working out. We got to get you, we got to change your diet. And his answer is, yeah, I'm going down to the bike shop right now. I'm going to spend 15 fucking grand on a new e-bike. That's the answer. Like, I'm going to go buy this thing. I'm going to make that kind of a decision because that's, that seems like the right thing. Again, like they look out into Instagram what is this guy doing? How did he become successful? He rides this bike. I need to have that bike. That'll get me where I want to go. That is, that is, there's zero rationale to any of that whatsoever. You don't have a fucking plan. You don't have a model. What is the pathway for you to get from, you know, A to Z? And what are you doing along the path? And all the decisions that you make are rooted in that. You know, are, are rooted in not in not in oh, what's the piece of equipment? What is the relationship I have to have? What is the thing I need to be saying? What is the shirt I need to wear? The gear I need to wear? Whatever else? No, there it, it goes much deeper than that. Again, it's it's like bros versus pros. You know, you were asking me, you know, just a minute ago about like the we were just talking about like the unaware, the aware that that whole segment of people. I'm curious with you guys, like. Who do you think the people are in the industry based on what you're seeing and having to be exposed to through the podcast and through the media, uh, the social media and whatnot? How do you think the segments break out within those segments? Like, where was your background before you became more aware? Like, where did it start? Where did your unawareness start? Yeah, my, uh, my awareness came from my two older brothers. They both served in Iraq. They had two tours each, and they've always had guns at home. And it was a lot uh, have, having to do with them trying to raise me as well because they're way older than me. And my mom was single. And uh, I got the military treatment at home, <laughs> you know. And it, a lot of that was uh, a lot of that was rough. But a lot of that was also, I need to teach you how to shoot. I need to teach you how to defend yourself. You know, I need to teach you how to be disciplined. So they had a lot of influence on me with that. Now, every time I look at something online, I look at it from a, an approach where it's like, okay, that's cool. That looks really, that, that gear looks awesome, but I don't know how to use any of that stuff. But what I do want is I want to be able to just know the fundamentals and figure out how to pick this thing up, how to load it, how to shoot accurately, and how to practice good form in doing it. Um, to me, I think that goes a long way because God forbid one day I'm older, there's a home invasion and I need to do something. So that's me personally. And I think that like the segment in this, in this market speaks to, uh, speaks to that for me. I see these people and I would hope that a lot of them have a little bit of a, like a perspective as to I need to I need to learn this stuff because there's value in it and this can potentially protect me someday and my family. I know you said a lot of the stuff that's in your feet is BJJ stuff, yep. but uh, the like if we if on the firearm side of stuff, like whether it be coaching, gear, equipment, whatever, what percentage of that content do you feel speaks to you in the way that you just said you you want or need to be spoken to? Five percent. Yeah, 
I, I figured you would say that. Yeah. Like very low. Yeah. This just goes back to like, and you're a, you're a consumer. Like you have, you want to be prepared. You want to take, be trained. You want to have you no know, farms. You don't need to have 15 of them, right? But you want to know that the one, one you have, you're proficient with, you're effective with, you're safe with, and you feel comfortable around, right? Yeah. And nobody's talking to you. Nobody. 5% maybe. And maybe that's not necessarily because they're specifically talking or trying to get your attention that just might've gotten lucky that day. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. Fair to say like, okay, that just happened to resonate with you. That just, that doesn't necessarily mean it was meant for your group of people. I also want to address the thing with your brothers, because I think that is a, that's one of these segments. Like if I was just throwing it out there, it was like all the people that have been through like the military or law enforcement, like in their exposure and then how they expose their family members then and or now uh, to to firearms, which is way different. I mean, those are two very different segments. So, but that's a that that segment is very 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 big. And you know, like if they're see, if your brothers are seeing those the stuff that you're seeing, they they might be going, oh yeah, shit, this is rad. Like you said, like yeah. oh look at this new piece of gun, yeah. look at that new gun, look at that setup, whatever else. Where they totally get it. Where you're just like, I don't really get it. I, I that's that's uh, is that cool? Yeah, I don't know if it's, I, I don't know if it's cool or not. It kind of yeah. looks cool, like you know. Yeah. You know, I like I like nice things. That looks nice. Yeah, know? I would like to know how to shoot it right. accurately before even trying yeah. to put on all these attachments and right. modifications. Right. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, we were talking about the segments earlier a little bit, and I am come from that segment of growing up without any exposure to firearms. Always wanted. I was thinking last night actually because my parents were anti-gun. Um, you know, have some land, have a garden, farm, mm-hmm. goats, that sort of thing. Your parents are awesome. Yeah, they're they're amazing. They are. Um, yeah. They're the coolest people ever, and I respect. They're extremely smart as well, and I respect all their opinions. And you know, that's the way I grew up in the world. Um, but ever when I was like nine, eight or nine, I was like, I need a BB gun. Like, nope, shut down. Yeah, but like, no. I was always into, you know, weapons. I need and, a BB gun. Yeah. yeah, I was like, just target practice, you know? And Eli's really proficient with the nunchucks. <laughs> he can, yeah. he I, they gave me nunchucks. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got a BB gun eventually, but, you know, I had no exposure to that whatsoever. So I found martial arts. And so even when we first started training, like you, um, you know, came down and uh, were talking to me about like, well, you know, what's the real application? Like, is the jujitsu, mm-hmm. you know, that, that you practice, is there some real application? Like, is there weapon defense? Is there, and I didn't really understand what you were talking about because I didn't have exposure to mm-hmm. groups and communities of people that are actually training, you know, fire, like rogue methods, for example, mm-hmm. firearms and jujitsu and mm-hmm. wrestling, practical applicational self-defense yeah, the, with the, the pieces, weapon. Yeah. I didn't know any of that stuff. So I'm like, you know, jujitsu was my answer. Like, you know, jujitsu, you know how to fight, you know, MMA, like you're good. You know, that's, that's kind of the tip of the iceberg in terms of self-defense, but I got exposed to it through, you know, the work that I do through the podcast and through putting out a lot of this content and through giving you a thumbs up when you're like, Hey, Eli, I want to go to Vegas and, uh, you know, shoot a bunch of, which I need to go do by the way, content, (laughs) you know, and come along on those. Yeah. That was my first exposure was, you know, having people shooting, um, What's the sim rounds? Yeah, sim rounds. Um, you know, at me through uh, <laughs> towards you, know, you. Yeah, towards me <laughs> through doors. Luckily, not at me. I trusted everybody, and you know, there was a big trust factor with with just that trip in general. Because um, the people are awesome, right? You know, and that's been my exposure. Um, and then through that, you know, different events through California, um, 
endless conversations with some of the most well-respected you know, mm-hmm. people. So very privileged in terms of the what I've seen um, and the quality of people that I've been exposed to, but zero you know, experience or exposure beforehand whatsoever. And then in terms of the content, a lot of it is still, you know, over my head. So, you know, there's a lot of people that I I follow now because we've either interviewed them or done episodes, but I don't understand what the heck they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just terminology. And I Mm -hmm. think that's the biggest thing. It's not even a lot of like the concepts or the ways things are taught or the ideas behind videos, but the terminology is almost in a way designed to impress other people in the industry mm-hmm. as opposed to introduce and make it relatable mm-hmm. and approachable to people that are outside of the industry. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing in personal training. And that's what I work with trainers on. You want your video to hit a million views on YouTube as a personal trainer? Don't talk to me about your your gluteus maximus. Just say your butt. Right. You know, no, that's like, that's what people want to hear. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. So. Yeah, I uh, I get what you're saying. Like, and I with the with regard to the discourse that's being used, like the, the language, right? There's a lot of acronyms. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of jargon that's, um, that's associated with firearms, the equipment, things like that. I mean, it's just, there's so much of it. It's rooted in, you know, mostly military application, uh, you know, a lot of the times. So there's that, that's part of it, I think. And so if you're not from that world, I struggle with it. Like I, I read posts sometimes, like I was just reading one yesterday. Um, actually this morning, um, my guy, Redbeard Tactical, um, he's out there in the world doing, doing things. He, there were so many acronyms in this post. I was like, dude, I don't even know what the, like he tagged me in it. And I was like, cause I, you know, I, we, we sort of go back and forth sometimes. I was like, man, I don't even know what half this shit is. So I'm Googling acronyms. Mm-hmm. Like, that's me. Like, I don't know what these are. Uh, to try to understand the post better. Look, if I have to do, like, I'm doing that much work because I feel compelled to, because I want to know. Like, I want to be, to be able to have these conversations with people at that level. But if I'm just coming across that, like, I, that's going straight by me. Now, again, I think he understands his audience. He knows who he's going after and it's not me. And I'm not saying he should just completely scrap what he's doing and go back and quote unquote, dumb it down. Not saying that at all. I'm not saying he should change anything about that. But I'm saying if you're somebody coming in, right, to the, to the coaching space and you understand who he's, to, and you look at these segments and you're looking at it, it's going like, he's talking to a very, very specific population. Now there could be a lot of people outside that population who are trying to be involved in that conversation and want to know what's going on. But there's a much larger part of that part yeah. of the population that won't have any clue what that is and probably isn't interested in it. So take what you can from that particular thing and apply it differently as you're going forward, trying to build your dialogue with your audience, whatever that is, which should be completely based on what what your goal is in terms of what is this? Am I just trying to be famous? Am I trying to have a business? Am I trying to build my YouTube channel? Am I trying to build my Instagram? Am I trying to sell a product? It all should come back to that. Um, and again, not that there's a, there's a one size fits all to any of that, but it should all, like, should always be thinking like, am I sending the right message or am, will my audience get this? And they'll let you know if they do or not, if you're paying attention. There's a level of respect and there's a level yeah. of importance in all, all of the of terminology. It. Yeah, all of it. It's like jujitsu, for example, like you're not going to change the name of a Kimura or a Omoplata because your average citizen is not going to know what it means. 
you know, and then if you do explain a, a breakdown, a jujitsu video and you post it, you're like, all right. So instead of saying omoplata, you're like, all right, I got the shoulder in this kind of trapped position here and I'm mm. going to put my hips up. Some black belt's going to roast you and be like, roasted. you don't even know the name of that position. Yes. But what yeah. he doesn't understand is you're trying to talk to people that, you know, so there's like this weird kind of dynamic or balance, but it's important to understand that because what happens is the people that do that, like the self-defense guy that shows people how to disarm. Are we talking about Dusty? It, no, I don't Dusty, know his name. Dusty, I'm not talking uh, about his name. Detroit Maybe people, dude, whatever. You need to understand why that guy's crushing you yeah, in terms of views. Fucking crushing you, yeah. And that's the reason why mm -hmm. is because he's not bringing any of that stuff into the picture. He's talking to an unaware audience and the unaware audience is a lot bigger than the problem or product service aware audience. You know, I think actually it's much easier to talk to the much more aware audience and use those terminal, use that terminology and be way more specific because they, they get it, you know, they get it. And you may be getting validation from the fact that they do get it and they understand or agree with whatever it is that you're saying or whatever point you're trying to bring to the table. Um, and I get it. I like, I love that too. Like I can have a higher level conversation. I just had one the other day with, uh, in extremist performance. Uh, uh, I was talking to Jake out there and it was such a refreshing conversation. I'm going to connect with him in a couple of weeks here. He's going to be out on the West coast. Point of this is, is he's in the, he's in the human performance community. And I don't have a lot of human performance conversations on the podcast. I have, and I'm, I'm reaching out. That's why I was talking to Jake to do that. And it particularly applies to this space because he's a subject matter expert in human performance around, I hesitate to use this term and he would say that too. We'd both chuckle if I said it, but like the tactical athlete, if you will. Uh, but my point of that is, is God, it was fun. Like we were just having, we were able to have like the, we were able to chuckle about sort of the dumbing down that we've seen and the mm -hmm. completely off base stuff, but we were also able to talk about it at a much higher level. And that was fun for me, but there was a, t there was a platform for this. There was a time and a place for this. And, you know, when he puts his stuff out, he does it in a very specific way. He'll talk to whoever's in front of him in the way that they need to be talked to. And I think that's the challenge with, with, uh, with, with the social media piece and people getting on and not knowing how or who their audience is in that particular space um, or just trying to talk to everybody, you know, in that space. Or again, that very small percentage of people that actually knows what's going on or cares about that particular thing. Um, the, the, but the, the language you were talking about, the language being used, I know it's tough because you don't want to sound like an idiot, you know, but I think if you do a good job of balancing that out and you, this is the, the outstanding part about the social media platforms is Every one of them gives you a way to do a long form and short form. Mm -hmm. You can have a website where you can go as long as you want, man. Write the longest blog of your life. Post the longest video on YouTube and post it on your page. Whatever else, like uh, Instagram, limits you a little bit. So you have to be really good at that short form conversation. Twitter reduces you even more. So if you're not good with the short form stuff, I know I, know I got a little bit longer. Like they allowed it to open up a little bit. I don't even play in Twitter, so I don't even know. Like... X. I, now, I now X, called X, X. whatever. I got, I, I don't know. Like I, I have seen that a little bit, but I don't, I don't play on there. So I don't even know. So, but you have to be really good. I know I'm not good there and I'm not willing to do another platform yet. Not right now, but it, it, you have to know how to talk to each, each audience. And I know people are going, yeah, 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 man. This is like, this is social media one-on-one. Yeah, but this industry is not doing a very good job with it from a coaching perspective or from, and I think people are really struggling. And again, my point of this is, is like people are getting like upset and pissed off and 
disgruntled and frustrated about being quote unquote canceled, you know, by the social media platforms, you, you're going to have to learn how to do this stuff differently or better. Again, learn a different skill in order to continue this conversation. Otherwise, if you put all your eggs in this basket, you're going to find out real fast how fast they'll spoil. People are finding that out right now and they're getting frustrated. And I've had, you know, people, I've had conversations with people where they're just like, man, I just don't know if it's worth it anymore. You know, like I'm, I don't know what to do. Like I'm not, well, <laughs> there's a lot put into this particular platform and you have to diversify. So, and how you do that obviously is, is, is it could be delicate depending on what, what you're selling, what it is you're trying to do. Again, obviously like YouTube as an example is not, if you're, if you sell guns, that's what you do. You sell firearms. YouTube's not going to be real friendly with you. You're going to have to find out, you're going to have to find a different way to have the conversation without getting canceled. How do you do that? Like we were talking about a, an example earlier today, like how does JP Sears continue to do what he's doing and not get canceled? Right? Like terminology. It's the terminology. terminology. Yeah. 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 He's making fun of the other side. Like there's pure satire. He's basically having the conversation that the other side's having, but he's having it in a completely ridiculous kind of way. Yeah. If you transcribe his videos and take a look at the transcript, you would think it's written by WHO. Yeah. A hundred percent on it a hundred percent of the time. Now I get that that's, you know, like creating a, a troll page or a troll video is not what we want to be doing in this industry. Like people are like, no, I'm, I'm not about that. I'm not a comedian, man. I'm not handling. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying have the conversation in a different way. And think about this too. So we've talked about the people that may be adopters or may be interested in this subject matter as a means to, they're aware now and they want to protect themselves or they want to know a little bit more like you were saying about, hey, I just want to make sure I'm safe and proficient and I know how to use this if the time ever came up. You're now more aware, maybe not a firearms owner, but I understand this stuff. And if I was going to do, if I was going to go that route, I'd there are some resources I know where I could go to get some instruction, learn from some people, all of those things. That's kind of where you're at. Think about all those people out there that think I'm a fucking pariah for even talking about this stuff and advocating for Second Amendment rights and bringing people on the show to spread their message about the evilness of everything that the that the firearms that the firearms and the and the Second Amendment represents. That is a way larger population. And whatever conversation you're having, whether you hate them or not, they're listening or they're getting exposed to it. I get exposed to it all the time. You head, head through some of, my, some of my stuff, like, you know, on my, um, you know, just stuff, particularly like on Instagram, but YouTube's the best, man. That's where you get all the haters, you know, that come out. And these aren't people within the industry trying to eat their own. These are just people that just straight up hate cops. They hate, you know, they hate the military. They hate the government. They hate firearms. They hate everything. They just hate, hate, hate. And you're just giving them more fuel for the fire uh, versus, again, maybe having a, a little bit of a different conversation. I don't know what people, you know, kind of responsibility people have to that. But I've always like taken that as a responsibility. I'm going to have my convictions, but I'm also not trying to do it and be an asshole at the same time. Whether you think I am or not, I really am trying to be somewhat diplomatic here so that I can show both sides or at least bring a logical conversation to the table. I recognize you can't do that in every post. That's not what I'm saying. But I do believe there should be some responsibility in that because I, I, we have way more because it gets the traffic, the controversial post, the fuck you know, I'm not giving up my rights, you know, 
like you're an idiot, like just the disparaging remarks, whatever else, like well, they're saying the same thing about you. So <laughs> think about that. Yeah. The responsibility piece is big. Like you can look at that from the MMA jujitsu in my mind, because that has gone mainstream, right? So it takes a lot of guts to walk into an MMA gym for the very first time. You're going out of your way to go learn something. You're probably going to get your ass kicked and you're probably... You're going to be horrible at it. Yeah, you're going to be bad at it, right? But with social media and with the UFC being able to talk to an unaware audience, mostly through the marketing of shit talk, because everybody, everybody shit talks. And so if they see Conor McGregor say something really nasty to, you know, Poirier, then that goes viral. And then that brings people and makes them tune into the sport. And then they look at, okay, what's the discipline? Oh, there's a brown belt in jujitsu. What's jujitsu? But then there are all these techniques surfacing and things surfacing and giving people who might not have the level of responsibility to go into a gym or to learn those things now have access to a rear naked choke. Mm -hmm. So they do it on their friend when they're drunk and he passes out, you know? So like, is it, is it safe? Is it the right idea to bring firearms and, and applicational knowledge of all this stuff to the general public? Or is there kind of a wall that needs to be built where people get introduced, they come, they train, they learn, and go from there, right? I don't know the answer to that. Um, but we're talking about all this stuff about, okay, how to get it out there into the world the right way. I don't know if that, that's the right, necessarily the right thing to do. I'm not sure. Um, because it is, there's such a high level of responsibility in having a firearm, knowing how to use one. And you talk about this, you know, religiously on the importance of it, which is definitely like the right perspective or the right way to put it out there. But dude, there's some people in the world that just, Oh yeah, man, they're just not going to be responsible. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you do. So, yeah. And so you have that, we have that to contend with whether we like it or not and discounting them or pretending that they're just idiots and you shouldn't listen to them. That's, that's not an answer because there are, a lot of them out there and they're saying a lot of stuff at the highest levels of government mm-hmm. and people are listening to them. A lot of people are listening to them. And I think some of it is like leveraging it. And I've been guilty of it too. Like I've posted a, a video or two where you hear one of these people saying things that is just so ridiculous, so ridiculous, <laughs> so ridiculous. Um, and I've, I've made my little comments and, and later I've thought about it and for me, if I'm putting that stuff out now, now, it's less about me being angry about it and me just kind of chuckling about it and putting, maybe it's a little satire, a little, I just put it there. People can listen to it and I, I love them. I'll make, I'll make a comment, but it's, you know, it's, it's the comment being made. I think I'd like to think is more about like, are we really listening to what's happening here? Like what is really being said here? So whatever side of the aisle you might be on, on this, on this particular topic. Like I'm not saying this person is an idiot. I'm going to, I'm trying not to, they're doing a good job of making themselves look like that. Right. In my mind, I'm just trying to, for the person that maybe doesn't realize that I'm trying to put a question in their mind to maybe think about this. Like, what am I missing here? You know, again, this goes back to me, like when I get the memes or whatever, where the people just beating the shit out of somebody or myself or whatever else I'm just going, damn. Like, what am I missing? Like, is this, why is this person so angry about this? Why are they so disconnected from this? Why is my viewpoint so different? And again, taking responsibility to having that conversation, leveraging an opportunity, I guess is, is the, is the, the point I would make. 
again, not everybody has to do this. I just think like if you're trying to build a business or trying to make an impact, a positive impact uh, on on somebody, on individuals, or at least just have these these more intelligent, more productive types of conversations, you could be leveraging those things a little bit differently. And that includes like the instructor that says something that is like, oh boy, like the, the firearms instructor, or whatever, he's, the video comes out, it's like, oh boy, like this one's like, I just, I got, I'm not commenting, I'm not liking, I'm not doing, I'm just going, this one's third, they, <laughs> just like you would say about the other side, right? The other side of the aisle or whatever affiliation you might have, they are going to have a field day with this. And then lo and behold, you know, within 24 hours, it's being shared, it's being commented, it's being, it's a meme, it's everything else. Like, I think that's, there's a value to this. Like, we have to call attention to this. We have to police it. But like, if that's all we're doing for the outside person looking in, like, whoa, wait, wait, why is this so bad? Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand the meme. Like, I don't get the joke. I don't get the, wait, okay, I, I kind of hear this, but I don't understand this other part. There, We could be, people could be taking a little bit of a different approach to, well, here's, here's, here's what you may be thinking about. And I, I don't know what this instructor was thinking when they, when they said this. Maybe they were thinking this, maybe they were thinking that just kind of going out a little bit more objectively than this constant attack. Um, because maybe somebody on that side that that's completely anti-2A or anti-firearms or whatever looks at it and goes, well, that's kind of a good point. And at least they're admitting and and uh, being objective about the bad things that are happening over there in in their little world, right? And their little, their little sea of righteousness with you know, their firearms and their second amendment or, or whatever else. I think there's some value to that as well. But um, yeah, the, the understanding who's listening, like if you're truly trying to build more of more reach on whatever platform and you were talking about the 30 videos that goes down as, as the things being tested, why do you think it got to a million views versus only got to a thousand views, whatever, Probably because the greater majority of the audience wasn't interested in what you were saying, or you didn't say anything that drew them in. Like those, those thousand views, they're probably mostly your buddies, right? They're your kind. But in order for it to pass to the next level, it's got to reach the other kind. And when it reaches the other kind, it also comes with the hate mm-hmm. and the bullshit. And well, that's part of the process is you have to accept this. And firing back with negative comments or whatever, like it's probably best just not to say anything at all. That's my, that's what my mother taught me. You don't have anything nice to say. Don't say anything at all. 99.9% of the time, I'm not even going to respond. Like just let it go. It actually drives the algorithm because their kind, whoever that is, will jump in and support them and then support them again. And it kind of goes viral. I mean, there's things that I posted a month ago. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, people won't let this go. And then somebody (laughs) will jump in and go, uh, there's always some, something from the peanut gallery. Maybe here's another way to look at it. Somebody logical will come to it. I don't know if they're supporting me or they're not supporting me, but somebody, it just keeps going and going and going. It's a little secret. Just just ask them a question. You know, what yeah. made you feel this way? Because then they'll comment again, yeah. and you just doubled your engagement. Yeah, I, that's that's a you know? that's a that's a favorite <laughs> strategy. Or just kind of again posing a question with a little ambiguity. Uh, yeah. But it's also like it's it's. I consider questioning skillfully, like, do I really want to know the answer to this? Or am I asking this so that they come up with the answer on their own? Or do I already know the answer to this and I just want to hear if they're going to say it or not? Um, I never ask a question I don't 
Yeah, no, you I'm know, joking. With no plan. Yeah, I'm joking. That's no ignoring you, is the best, but it generally speaking, it is. yeah. Unless, unless you again, there's a strategy to oh, let's see how long we can keep this fucking yeah, person yeah. going. Like this is sometimes I do get some satisfaction out of that. Like how how pushing the buttons. What's the best is as your audience grows, you know, you'll see your own people that know what you would answer just go to war for you. Yep. And that's that's the best thing that can happen. Yeah, it feels good when somebody jumps in to defend you or whatever. But at the same time, I don't need that and I'm not looking for that. So, and right. I, I think a lot of people on the on the platform, particularly in the space, are like, because you'll get called out for that. Oh, now you're coming to this guy's rescue. He needs his, you know, he needs his... It, it, there's, there's always, somebody's always going to find negative in that, but you're, yes, there's some logic that comes to it, you know, at some point. Yeah, it's, if it's ridiculous enough, somebody else is going to have the time and right. the want and the need to, to continue to drive the ridiculousness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, the lead up to this conversation was that I see a lot of people getting frustrated. Um, I see a lot of, there seems to be right now a little bit more of a negative energy kind of happening. I think people are feeling a little bit more under attack from a, a lot of different angles, whether it be their finance, whether it be their government, whether it be their their family, whether it be their, you know, their uh, people on the internet, you know, the internet warriors or whatever else. Um, They're just reciprocating that. Yeah. And it's negative energy. Yeah, man. And where, where do we go with that? Like, where do we take it? I had, to, I was a little tired, like about a week ago, I was like, I'm not getting on this thing at all. I responded to a few DMs, um, but I only posted like the Friday and the uh, the Monday and the Wednesday or the, sorry, the Monday and the Friday drop that week. I didn't post anything else. I just needed to be away from it because it was just so, it was really, it, it was hurting me. Yeah. Like I was just like, man, this is harming me, like from a mental health perspective. And I was finding myself like not finding really many positive things to say and then uh, stretching to try to find something productive to add. Uh, and I'm like, man, this is not a good place for me to be. Like, if it's not organic, then why am I here? And I think that's another piece of this is, you know, trying to trying to be organically, like genuinely trying to find out what people want to hear about, talk to them through it and again, and have this dialogue or this open discussion. Um, and people people are doing a good job with it. There are, there are folks out there that are doing a really good job with it, but there are, I see a, a lot of people that are just like, oh, let me put up another fancy shooting video, you know, or, you know, let me talk shit about this guy or... Let me just do another fancy shooting video and in the caption, just talk about the product. Like, cause all I know how to do is fancy shooting videos. So all I'm going to do is like, I'm going to talk about this, this thing that I'm using in the fancy shooting video, but it's no difference. The content's not different. You haven't added any value. You're just, you're, you're clearly representing somebody else's product or you are trying to be interesting about talking about somebody else's product, whether they're behind it or with you or partnering with you or not. Um, but it's still the same video. Going back to what you were saying, Gio was like, what are you telling me with this? Because I'm not getting it. Um, who's this for? Is this for you? Or is this for me? Um, and social media is a give and take. So some of it is selfishly, I'll put stuff up there. Uh, but, you know, on occasion, but usually it's just like to create some conversation create some dialogue. That's what the show is. I appreciate you guys coming down and having this talk with me. Like I thought it would be just interesting to have some different perspective. Um, then also kind of come at it from a, the back end of like, what's really going on behind the scenes. Um, like, who are you guys? You know, Eli, you've been on this show before we've had, we've had some, some conversation, like what value could this bring to people? Um, I'm hoping like 
you know, as people are like trying to kind of rebuild, like, oh man, like I'm really trying to make a go at this, provide valuable information, whether it's from an instructor product, you know, um, uh, sorry, service or product perspective, big company, small company, whatever, um, to think about things a little bit differently because times are changing and it's clear uh, you can't do the same things you were doing before. So doing that and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity, as they say. And if you're being becoming insane or angry at this point, that means you're not paying attention. Well, that's not, that's not true. If you're surprised, then you're not paying attention. And there are ways, there are things that you can do in setting up some taking, like you said, taking a page or a book from some of these people that a lot of people clown on these online coaches and and the things that they do and how their funnels work and how they, how they drive traffic and what the flow looks like and how they divide up their tribe and how they communicate with those people within the tribe. And, uh, you know, you've got, you know, your super loyal people and your people that are just kind of just there to be spectators. And you got some people that aren't quite sure about you yet. Like, how are you talking to those people? How are you engaging those people? And then again, how do you, how do you continue to drive your awareness of your brand uh, across multiple platforms? Um, uh, I see people really scrambling like, oh, and now I need a YouTube channel. Okay. Well, if you got on YouTube 10 years ago, it's a lot different than it is now. Like your, your ability to build a channel is much different. You're you're a very small fish in a very, very massive pond. And at some level, there is some formula to this. Um, you need to figure out your own for what it is that you're trying to do. Um, you know, you could talk to guys like Eli and, Eli and Geo, and they can tell you like, your video needs to be this long for this particular format. needs to be in this thing. This is what we know. Punch this in, punch this out, do this caption. Don't do that caption, you know, whatever. Those are, those are tactics once you have your strategy. Uh, but simply just using tactics all the time, it's actually probably should have come up before, like using or pretending that your tactics are going to work without understanding the strategy first or, or more importantly, the fundamentals. The mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like you are, you're way out of your league. You're, you're way out of your league and it's probably going to end poorly. So you won't, certainly won't be successful. You might get lucky, right? You might get lucky, uh, but you'll never know what to go back to when the luck runs out and eventually, eventually it will. Yeah. Start with a great thumbnail for this episode. (laughs) It's on you. Yeah, I would say, you know, our our real mission is just helping legit coaches figure this whole content thing out. Um, Because there's too many charlatans, you know, that have the budget, um, you know, regardless of where it's from, to be able to win on, you know, and put out content. And what we really need is the power of media to be put back into people's hands that can understand it, use it to make the world a better place. You know, like there are systems, strategy and tactics that you just mentioned that can be implemented. And we want to help legit people get that under control so they can do more of what they love and they can actually build a sustainable business being good people. They don't have to, you know, do things that are unethical to try to bring home the bread. So you know, video marketing is everything. It's not like, it's so important. And that's why we're doing it. It's not like we love being behind a computer for 12 hours a day. Um, But at the end of the day, like whoever owns a lot of the media, whoever can control it in a sense, controls the way people think. And so, you know, our goal is we're, we're trying to build something like, and bring a little bit 
of that back into this honest, you know, perspective mm-hmm. and, and figure it out and help people that have the best intentions in mind. So thanks for bringing, thanks for bringing us on. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. 8482 media on Instagram is where to go. Um, you I'll tag, I tag them in basically everything that goes up. So you can find them there. It's an easy link. Those guys, the guys behind the scenes, I think the, the honesty piece is the most important part, right? It, that's at least that's the way I look at it and bringing honest conversations and dialogue that really do have the best intentions to make an impact, whether big or small is really was the goal of the podcast in the, in the first place. And so, you know, you putting out there, like our goal is to help coaches be better at this. Like that's what I, I see the missing pieces. And like, there's so many good things about this industry or about the space, same with fitness and things like that. And so many good people, so many good messages, so many good products. Uh, and there's such, we have a little bit of a battle because of the control mechanisms that allow some of those messages to get out there, but not, but knowledge is power, right? And understanding how to work them at whatever, and understanding how to pivot as the, the word was used before and understanding how to navigate through that to continue to bring the conversation. Like that's, I think where people should be spending a good amount of their time, you know, maybe a little less range time and a little less, a little more time understanding how to communicate. And I don't mean like we're communicating, but communicate so that it can be meaningful and impactful. That is getting it out there without getting it shut down, without getting it slammed, trying to avoid the controversy where you can, where where it makes sense, trying to make sure you get that message out there. Uh, We could all benefit by that, particularly if you are a staunch supporter of your Second Amendment rights, particularly now. I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, we are in a battle to get a positive message out about this and why, why things are important to us as, as gun owners, as American citizens, as peaceable and responsible, uh, gun owners in the United States. Uh, and we are being thrashed from a messaging perspective. Uh, we're just being thrashed. It's just, it's bad. No matter what platform you're on, it doesn't look very good. Even those that say they're pro pro two a, if all they're doing is posting the, the the latest video about the you know the 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 OIS or you know what happened in downtown wherever and down, whatever downtown city and whatever place in the United States, that's not helpful. That's not helpful. That's not the message we need. Like even good guys getting you know winning against bad guys with guns, that's not the right message. Like it's a message. It's not the message. Um, it, it's something to look back to and go, Hey, like that, this is an example of for this particular case, but that is such a small percentage of, you know, the bigger thing. So yeah, I, you know, I, I appreciate that, man. And, and, and the, so again, like you coaches out there, think differently, you know, think differently about how you're communicating and then the tools that are available and eight four eight two media. If you need some help, these guys are here. Um, so long as they don't give you more time than me, then it's fine. <laughs> yeah, we're we're busy. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. I'm always I'm always I feel privileged to have you guys down the studio. I know how busy you are. So thanks for sharing your time with me today. And uh we'll see you guys real soon. All right.